0: Hi there, this is Martin Popoff, scribbler of 85 Heavy Metal Books and host of History and 5 Songs with Martin Popoff podcast. When I need to get my kiss fix, I listen to Shout It Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus. Listen to us both on the Pantheon Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Check them out.
2: Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the Shout It Out Loudcast. I went the Shout It Out Loudcast just to piss Zeus off. Oh, no. Don't turn your radio dial. You're in the right place because the album review crew is back with episode 30. We're calling this one. While I'm not sure what door I'm knocking on, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. I know it ain't heaven.
3: (laughs) Tommy!
2: (laughs) (laughs) How are you? It always feels like he's like squeezing out a shit when he's singing. So I figured I'd go that. We'll, we'll get yeah. into that. I was wondering where you were going with that. Uh, I'm like, oh, uh, uh, dropping out. Uh, What's he doing
3: there?
1: <laughs> oh yeah. So we got our first repeat appearance on album review crew. Guns and Roses, Use Your Illusion 2, a, a second appearance. Electric, uh, Electric Boogaloo. That's right. Yes, that's right. Zeus's pick. Yes.
0: Yes. I, I'm i anxious to hear everyone's thoughts. Uh, I know this was right around everyone's wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. I remember exactly where we were and all that other stuff. So, yeah, I know Sonny's being coy right now. We'll find out what he really thinks about this. <laughs> but before we go on further, what do we have
1: to do? We have to thank our friend Tony from Restrained. No, we don't. Our, we don't have to, but we're we're being bullied into it, so... But uh, no, that's our buddy Tony from a strain with our killer intro music for the show. Tony, thank you as always. Uh, so, yeah, we, we didn't forget this time. It's a rarity. to It's a rarity to remember.
0: So Tony is Sonny's friend. Yeah, he's then- not our
1: friend. no that's how we uh, that's how we met him as i'm trying uh,
2: (laughs) we can't forget to thank him i don't want to why fuck him that's why (laughs) yeah exactly
0: (laughs) but i was saying he's we met him through Sonny, right and then we i i met last night Sonny's uh podcast mate a Kasada in person. I got to see him play live.
1: That's right. Yeah. Excellent. I missed it, of course, because I had uh, other obligations. But yeah, we'll see everybody at Creatures Fest. Yeah. He is a handsome man. Well, uh, he's all right.
0: <laughs> come on guys, I set that up for you. Come on. You're supposed to come back with how much were you drinking or anything like that, but all right. Never how much mind. how much
1: were you drinking?
0: A lot. But that's okay. <laughs> yeah, Maybe that's, that's why you think he's <laughs> handsome. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't really think he's handsome, but that's <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh we had we had a lot of fun with last month's episode. Um the band Heat and we did Heat 2. Electric Boogaloo. That's right. And uh, Tom, how
1: did the poll go? <laughs> well, it's funny. As we were preparing for this episode, I don't know what the hell happened, uh, but we didn't do a poll for heat. And uh, everybody was like, oh, what the hell? And I said, you know, it's fine, because it probably would have gotten about nine votes anyways. Aww. But uh, yeah, we, we we forgot to do a poll for heat. And it's funny, because the only other time we ever forgot a poll was also a sunny poony pick and that was winger. So I don't know what's going on here with Sunny's picks. I don't I don't control the the polls. I don't uh, either. I just ah uh, uh, you <laughs> like,
2: so I did a poll. It. I actually did one. Go ahead. For oh, okay. Who Victory won. won. Vi- oh yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Victory. <laughs> Uh, so yeah so no poll but we do have plenty of feedback from you guys so we're gonna try oh boy. To we're gonna try to get through that before we tackle uh, some guns and roses here so uh from Twitter here we got our buddy MD uh, and he says granted the only parts of these songs I've ever heard are the clips you played on the show but am I the only one who listens to dangerous ground and hears lover boy Ooh, mm. yeah. okay not bad uh, half of these comments are are funny because it's all sunny like defending this album. It's people like coming at him. And, uh, oh, this is good. Uncle Polly. He goes, I think I know what heat stands for. Here's Europe another time.
2: Okay. Nothing wrong with
1: that. <laughs> oh, here we go. Fat Vince is out of breath chimes in.
2: <laughs> he says, I should say I couldn't sing any of those songs, no matter how
1: much you paid me. Well, that's pretty much what he says. He goes, this music is so bad that if I sang these songs, I would make them better. But I can't because I'm fat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here we go. I'm fat. Our buddy Jack Broad says, wow, I just checked them out. They're like a shittier version of Europe. (laughs) Another Europe comment. Oh, God almighty. Oh, Ray Farrow jumps in and says, I will sponsor the show. For $1,000 a month at the Patreon level, if I can veto power over Sonny Pooey's <laughs> ARC picks. I like it. I say call him on that. Okay. Yeah. Ken in Satan Service jumps in and says, not really my thing, but I did like the song Dangerous Ground. My biggest problem with the bands on the other side of the globe are their shitty band names. Speaking of which, do you like Tiger Tales? <laughs> with the Z? Pe- Yeah, with a Z, and then he has a picture of the album, and this looks like a a a horrific Britney Fox cover band.
0: Tiger Tales, isn't that a kid cartoon? No,
2: No, that's Veggie Tales. <laughs> Vegetable,
1: salary, <laughs> that, Oh, that's vegetables. Sunny's next ARC pick: the Veggie Tales soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! All right, here we go. West Beach, a buddy says, "Thanks for a band I never heard of. Good job, Sonny You guys ought to give Crazy Licks a listen." Oh boy, I don't know about that. They're good. Another okay, Swedish band. I have heard about them. Uh, let's see. Amy J says, oh, poor Sonny. The peeps are coming at him hard. This band has has the talent to have to. This band has talent for the choruses. I enjoyed this episode and all the movie references. I can totally hear these songs in Cobra Kai, the TV show. I like it. It Makes sense. Uh Uh-oh. Dizzy Dean's picket fence teeth <laughs> chimes in. Oh, no. I thought he retired. I, I, he's been quiet lately. So he, maybe he came out. I don't know for the, for, you know, change the song. We are gods to we play clubs and you're getting closer to reality. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, our buddy from my rock and roll heaven up in Canada. He says, great album. David King says, great band would have been huge in the eighties. Yeah. That's kind of a problem. Um, our buddy, Steve. Wow. This one came out of nowhere. I saw them over here. I think he's in the UK. So I saw them over here. at One of their first shows, an amazing band. Great choice. Sunny. Ooh, okay. Um, Clark side of the moon says, I just got through the episode. I was a little skeptical, skeptical, but I give props to Sunny for banging the drum for new rock bands. All right. Uh Oh, and then we got another good one. <laughs> this is the Twitter account known as Sunny Poonie's terrible taste. I'm a little upset that this tweet about my absolute worst ARC pick ever has been relegated to the bottom of the Twitter feed due to the hashtag end of the road madness tournament. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like he got superseded. Oh, no. Miserable music man jumps in. Oh, no. This guy I, is always negative. He like, says, like, in a bad way. Yeah. He says, I have been holding out on this, but the time is now. Sonny is sabotaging your show on purpose. <laughs> what the fuck is this album this is embarrassing but you guys are great so i will listen as always hashtag fire Poonie. oh fuck off christ and then you follow that up with a comment from Monte Carlo: amazing record so i don't know a lot of love hate for heat which is what we want on this show so that's uh that's what we got for twitter
0: all right. Let me get to Facebook and weed out the stupid shit from the good shit. L.P. Storlino. Oh, uh, time. L. Stirlino, Uh-oh. Swedish. Is this a torture pick? <laughs> but then he writes, can't wait to hear this one. Yeah. Um, Jack Broad. This is horrible. It should make for a great episode. <laughs> um, Matt Wallace says, of course, it's Sonny's pick. Oh, boy. Nick Olino. Jesus Christ, who the fuck is he? (laughs) Our buddy and Sonny's buddy, Kevin Jepson. Uh oh. This was a weird listen. Completely up and down. Great song, then meh. Great song, and meh, and a stinker ballad, but definitely enough here that I'm going to dive into their catalog. There you go. Yep. Dude's voice is nuts. He's now the lead singer of Skid Row. Sonny Pooney, how is he the new lead singer? Where should I start with them?
1: Oh, there you go, Sonny. Help out a listener.
2: I did. I sent him something. Oh, okay, good.
0: Oh, okay, perfect. You don't have to listen to what you said. Mark Weiss, this is what I love about the album review episodes. We get classic albums and a new band, such as Heat. It's an amazing album and a great episode. I love this album. I might be the only person in the U.S. that owns this record on vinyl.
2: Wow. I have it on vinyl. So there's two there of us. There you okay. go. Good and
0: for you. he also <laughs> added an amazing band. It's amazing. on am desert Island record. In my opinion. Oh my goodness. Wow. Good for wow. him. Wow. All right. Ray Gallus. Uh-oh. Sounds like a sunny, boony, bad pick. Oh, Jesus. And then <laughs> Warden has a big fucking screen thing of brutal
1: going off. And like, uh, it's not brutal. It's I mean, I know we made we had some fun with the episode, but there are there are definitely I some songs. It. That, yeah, it's not it's not, yeah. Josh
0: Smith says these guys kick ass. Ooh. Tons of lineup changes, but they still put out awesome music. He too is almost good all the way through. Mm. Brian so Lee. So it's heck- interesting he yep. said
2: tons of lineup changes. There's actually only been six members They okay. just revolved don't they just keep changing the singer no and they they had a second guitar player he was in for a while Then he uh dave left first then he left then dave came back so it's like it's the same six guys though so I, since eric i'm oh, sorry was go ahead
0: i was gonna say isn't the main guy the keyboard player and is yeah, it the Jonah, bassist?
2: yeah the, uh yeah yeah they yeah, run yeah. so run
0: most of the songs right
2: yeah yeah uh, the songwriting kind of splits out throughout because dave delone who's a guitar player writes a lot of the songs too but it's been a heat family right yeah. but uh they haven't really veered away from just six guys but when you look at all the albums it's like wait a second the lineup's not the same but if you put all the names together it's within same, those six. yeah so real quick yeah. so what, eric is now the lead singer of skid row so what's That's right what, what's the status of heat right now well he's got their old new singer remember they yeah, broke back. Had, the, oh, that's right. That's right.
1: Guy. So, yeah. So, so it's like all these guys are like on standby. It's like a basketball team. Like they have like five <laughs> starters and like five guys on the bench and they just rotate.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like the whole fucking quarantine, fuzzy, fucking Eric Martin PJs and 15 bands. Right. It's true. Yeah. No. Yeah, all yeah. Alternating. Yeah. Um, I think it was uh, Brian Lee. Heck said, this is a great record. Philippe Milander. I think it's our Swedish friend. He says in Sweden, we call them. Melon curious to know what that means. You want to let us oh. know, Philippe? Uh Joe Decker. Uh oh. Yeah, fusion tech. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was just saying the other day, I think my music tastes most aligned with Sonny's because we're the same age and I hate grunge. I think I'm about to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh yeah, I think it's Mike Murphy that says, is this a real group? Never heard of them. No,
1: oh, Jesus. Cool. Yes, it's a real group.
0: Maurizio Sveltila wrote, the review was entertaining as always, but heat are beyond awful. True heat is Mr. Cannon eating Linguini and clams At Mr. Angelino's. Oh, jeez. Which was a threes company episode. That's right. right. That's
1: right. Mr. Yep, that's right.
0: Oh, Joe comes back. Joe Decker comes back. Gotta thank Sonny Pooney again. I've listened to this album on Shuffle at least three times since listening the first time during the show. I absolutely love it. The guitar player plays the way I wish I could. I definitely be borrowing some things from him. Like Zoo said, this album would never come across my radar had it not been for this album review. I'm definitely a fan now. Thanks, Sonny.
1: Wow. See, and that's from our that's from that's from our buddy Joe Decker. So wow, good for you. There you go, Scott Wheeler. Considering all the classic albums,
0: and the pick is Heat, is the band Demon level Patreon
1: supporters? <laughs> Mike Anderson. Who the fuck is he? <laughs> those, you know, those, those, those comments are my favorite because people are like, what?
0: In a Leonard Washington voice. Oh! oh, do you know who Leonard Washington voice is? Is it Boom Boom Washington uh, from Welcome Back, Carter? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's, oh, the, it's the Dave Chappelle character when he did the wife swap. Oh, the, yes. Like yes. white
1: yes. family <laughs> <in> Washington.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I, I'm like, holy fuck. Where did he get that? Jack Pinocchio. <laughs>
3: Yes, well done, Mr. Pooney.
0: Don't listen to Tom or Zeus for laughing about your pick.
1: Ugh.
0: I've heard heat before because I'm a fan of crazy licks. Oh, my goodness. And Swedish rock, for that matter. And he brought that up at our beer social the other day. Remember? He, he
1: did talk about On crazy Friday. licks. Yeah, y- he yep. brought
0: that up. And Randy Michael says, finally, a decent pony pick. Things wow. are looking rough for a while.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, on our YouTube, YouTube. Uh Thomas Bridges writes 15 question marks. <laughs> nice. And uh Anthony Stratus says, great episode. So that's okay. all I got, Tom. And uh Sonny.
1: Over to you guys. Sonny, you got a couple emails we're gonna plow through. You want you wanna start with the ones you got?
2: Yeah, so I got three here. First one's from Angelo Capasso. Uh, he labeled it. Are you kidding me? Zeus and Pooney are so fucking wrong about their assessment of the movie Heat being better than Goodfellas. We are. Oh, I forgot not about wrong. that conversation. No, we're not. Not. Yeah. One interesting fact about Heat: it was the first time De Niro and Pacino are in the same scene together in a movie. I guess yes. they were in Godfather, but yeah. they never shared a scene. I didn't know yeah, that. Yep. Uh, anyways, Tom is correct in being dis- <laughs> in in being discussed by these two nutbags minus the godfather nef- oh, wait minus the godfather nothing touched good do i amuse you i love that do i amuse you of course my, i'm funny guy. what do you the, no no he knows what he said go ahead it's the greatest it. no 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 he's a big boy yeah. he knows what he said yeah yeah he knows what he said <laughs> um so he says love you guys keep up the great work and then angelo says he's 100% italian and he wanted to give an honorable mention to donnie brasco and a bronx tale I like both those movies. I think Donnie Brasco is better than A Bronx Tale. That's
1: I absolutely movie. love Bronx Tale. It's a different kind of movie because it's like a family movie yeah. and a gang movie too. I love I, it. I, the
0: roles are reversed. It, it, that guy should not be playing the gangster, and De Niro should not be playing the father.
1: Oh, I yeah. love Chaz Palminteri as the gangster. I, he's yes. he's awesome. Fine. He's great. Goofball.
2: <laughs> okay, so then we. The next email. I'm I'm going to butcher this name, but I'm going to try. I think is Jeanne Aslock. Well, Rozannin that's,
1: that's our it. Finnish friend, that's our Finnish yeah.
2: friend,
0: yes, a hockey player
2: yeah so uh, the problem for me with heat is is the same with other Swedish retro bands instead of looking forward and creating something new while being influenced by the past, they seem to be falling in the category of nostalgia. There are Swedish punk bands that sound exactly like l a punk bands that were in the week that were in the week of August 83, bands that try to recreate July 75 in Birmingham all over again, every note, every lick, every instrument, every shoelace and mustache hair is meant to be a reference to a particular era. <laughs> Heat is taking, has taken every element, be it musical or visual, from somebody else's catalog as long as it was from 1987. There's nothing wrong with that, but that will keep them in clubs and prevent them being truly huge like Ghost who combines elements of 60s, 70s, and 80s with modern elements and creates something original while doing so. Both bands are looking back, but one is looking forward. Wow. I will say something about Ghost. There's literally three songs I like, and I own every album by mistake, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Okay. I also acknowledge the rivalry between Finland and Sweden. The Finnish bands tend to possess a certain element of craziness, absurdity, or weirdness, while Swedish bands are usually more sophisticated. But when it comes to rock music, I always prefer a little craziness over sophistication. Having said that, I enjoyed the episode very much. Keep on bringing, breaking boundaries and new ground with ARC. I wish heat and the likes would do the same. I mean, I really like classic 78, but they'll never fill arenas, nor will heat. Ooh, wow. So here's what happened to me with Ghost. Go I ahead. heard one song and I can't. Oh, it was Squarehammer. Hammer. Square I Hammer. Heard Square I was Hammer, say it's like the big song. Yeah. Loved it. Bought the three albums that were out. Didn't like one other song. Yep. I'm like, God damn it. So then the new album came out and Rats was the first video. Loved that song. Bought that album. Didn't like another fucking song on that album. <laughs> wow. I was like, so they're, oh, God so like, like ghosts.
1: So they're like tricking their listeners with one big hit to get you to buy the album. <laughs> yeah, basically.
2: Wow. And then a very surprising email. I will say this is surprising. Um, wow. Okay. So... I'll tell you who it is afterwards. Hi, guys. Kudos to Mr. Pooney for bringing this surprisingly good hidden gem to ARC. Like you guys, I'd never heard of this band, and I approached this episode with much trepidation, as the title sounds like one of those cheesy 80s kids live-action TV shows. What a pleasant surprise. The song after song rocked hard with great production and hooks galore. And you know my feelings on metal ballads, but they really surprised me, and, and like Sonny, the chorus has stayed with me this is the first selection that I actually ordered plan on getting detonator by rat Two, but waiting for a wreckage store <laughs> so I can pick it up super cheap. I hope this trend of getting back to solid rock albums continues and just hope Zeus doesn't go country on us. Rock on gents. And that was from Wesley beach. That's I figured If the two people that were going to hate this thing would be Wesley and Jepson. And oh, yeah. I somehow got both of them. That was hey, pretty that, good. That's yeah. a success story yeah, right yeah. there for you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and uh, country's coming too, buddy. And uh, then I'll just run through a couple comments and emails. So we got a couple comments uh, direct from our website, shoutoutloudcast.com. This comes from Dizzy. I don't know if that's the same Dizzy Dean, but he says, a gem of an album, bravo. Um, and then we got an email from our buddy, Philippe Melander. Hi, guys. As a Swede, I had to write you about Heat. In 2009, Heat, with the original singer, competed in a festival an annual song competition that determines the country's representative for the Eurovision Song Contest. It has been staged almost every year since 1959. ABBA actually won both this festival and Eurovision in 1974 with the song Waterloo. Andreas Karlsson, one of the Swedish Idol jury members, is very good friends with Paul Stanley and a huge Kiss fan. He wrote some of the songs on Live to Win with Paul and Desmond Child. He's a very famous music producer and songwriter. He wrote the masterpiece... I want it that way by the Backstreet Boys with fellow Swede Max Martin. You should try to get him on the show. Eric Gronwall is also a big Kiss fan. He sang Shout It Out Loud on Swedish Idol and got a surprise video greeting from the whole band. Keep up the good work, guys. I love I love stories like that from bands that we don't know, from guys that are like close to the band. So Philippe, that's pretty cool. Uh Andy Salter. Hey boys, just listen to the newest episode with heat. Uh it's great to hear a new band doing rock, but just like anything rock related in 2022, they will go nowhere because they cater to an audience and a sound that hasn't been popular since the eighties and will not be again. It's not because it's not good or well-written. It's just for one. We're never going to see another Metallica or guns and roses, or even Nirvana as the industry does not and will not promote rock music, especially a new band. You can say, but Hailstorm are big and they're new. Well, they're not new and they've been around since the mid two thousands and they are not big. You ask the average teen or 20 something who they are and they will stare at you blankly. The day of rock and the rock star is over and has been close to 20 years. The rock we loved and grew up on is now a part of the same group as jazz, blues, and classical. It's a niche sound that will always have a loyal fan base. And let's forget hair metal is seen as a joke by the average person and not taken seriously. But worst of all, music has lost its value to the normie. When you haven't had to pay for something that's 20 years, it loses its worth. It breaks my heart that we will not see another mega band that takes on the world, but that's just the way it is. Thanks, Internet. Anyway, I could ramble about this for hours, but I won't bore you. Peace out, Andy Salter. Yeah, was that some Gene? That-, <laughs> that, hey. sounds like, that sounds like a Gene opinion. Yeah, I know, I know. It's that's 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 a rough one. Uh, and then we finish up. We got one last email here from Mac Maddie. Interesting episode for sure. Heat has some very familiar qualities. I can't quite pin it down. Zeus mentioned a bunch of connections, which he always does but i don't ever find him to be quite right i go and try to compare but i never hear what he is hearing maybe clipping in the sample into the podcast every time he uses an example i think he will find that he is wrong many times sorry to be sorry to be negative ned but it's true rock on
0: yeah mm-hmm. let me go get some samples and throw some more edits into a fucking thing cuz i Let's don't have enough time
1: do that and then we then we finish off with um one of our favorite emailers Zeus Penelope Red. Oh, Jesus. I have been informed that you read my last email on your show. So I decided to listen to the reaction. Careful, Zeus, you might cause yourself to have an aneurysm. You seemed to have overreacted to my comment involving the end of the road tournament. You know you have listeners that will purposely vote for songs off that embarrassment of an L album, The Elder. That disappointment is warranted. As for this ARC review, I cannot picture a scenario where I would go out of my way to listen to this record if I could even find it. I thought it was obnoxious and uninteresting. It's like the movie Rockstar come to life. Easily bottom shelf of what you previously reviewed. Now, as for the controversy of this being a puny Burner account, you have the perfect opportunity to address this directly. Sonny should be there. Discuss. Lastly, considering the movie Goodfellas was brought up, Yes, you are all clowns, and you are here for my personal amusement when I'm in the mood. That's Penelope Red. That's the end of the emails. (laughs) Anybody want to go first? (laughs) Sonny. He's just all I can
2: say, it's just not
1: me. I don't know what else to say. He's just shaking his head in silence for a minute there. (laughs) That's all I can say. Oh, God, I love it.
0: Well, all I can say is Mac, Maddie, and Penelope Red go eat a big fucking bag of hairy dicks. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. There you go.
1: Yeah. I look forward to their response next (laughs) month.
0: What was the first line in that? Something like. It was brought to my attention Oh no, I was
1: informed I didn't even listen okay. like, they awesome. ha, like, like Penelope Red has a handler Hey, I need to inform <laughs> you that they read your email <laughs> But I think
0: it was something else along the lines of like Oh, if I give you my oh, okay
1: <laughs> Yeah, it says I've been informed that you read my last email on your show So I decided to listen to the reaction Careful, Zeus You might cause yourself to have an aneurysm
0: <gasps> No! No! Oh, no. Penelope Red. The feedback. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, all good. Go.
1: Let's get to the good stuff, as Paul would say. Where's that?
2: On this exactly.
1: album. Oh, okay,
2: okay. This album. Trolling. <laughs> the one we're going to now? Trolling. Trolling. Let's do it, baby. All right. So,
0: use your illusion too. Um. I know at one point we were talking uh, the other night, Tom, like, shit, are we going to do a double album sometime at some point? i like, God, I'll not do a double album. This is the closest to a double album I think of because it literally has a sister album. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember this thing coming out because I was a huge Guns N' Roses fan. I remember when it came out, we were in college, and I remember seeing two of them come out. Like most people, I gravitated towards blue. That's how I called them because of the you could be mine. Yep. but you kind of knew some of the songs on each of them because guns have been floating some of these songs around. So I took a look at the back. Mind you, I bought them both. You know, that's what I did. At yep. least I bought them both that day. But Civil War had already been out on they already kind of released it before the album came out and i remember liking that and you know you could be mine you got the video for that and knock it on heaven's door they had been playing that live for a while so i thought you know what i'm gonna gravitate towards this one and although i i i mean i could easily have done use your illusion one um this one has a special kind of thing for me because over the years, a few of these songs have been like just for me like gems that I can listen to and never get sick of. um there are some clunkers in here, but overall, it's guns and roses. so when this thing came out, I mean, Tom, you remember you we, we know exactly where we were it was that kind of transition between hair metal is kind of toning down and something new was coming in and guns was there and Metallica black album was there. And all of a sudden people started playing this new band Nirvana and Pearl Jam, but this was here first. So this was like the last, I would think big. And I I hate to say guns and roses is hair metal, but their last big hurrah of dominating was the release of these two albums. Mm-hmm. um i jumped on it i loved it since you know i bought it and uh yeah I, I know exactly where it was and when i bought it freshman year in college so yeah it's it's nostalgic for me and i was waiting for an opportunity and uh i, I jumped on it when i could pick this again when i picked another guns and roses album again
1: yeah so this one very very extreme vivid memories and uh I know Murph, Murph will listen to this episode, and I know he has the exact same vivid memories. His, 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 his mind is a steel trap, so his, his details might be a little clearer than mine. But uh, this album was released right when we moved in to Stonehill as freshmen. It came out right in the middle of September. So I had already been on campus a little bit earlier. The guys that we just moved in, we didn't even really know anybody. We were just living in the dorm and, and meeting people, playing music. Um, and I remember, God rest his soul, Todd our buddy Todd came back with the and it was a huge event cuz like oh Guns N' Roses has a new album two new albums oh my god and we were just like eating it up and you're right this was this was one of my all-time favorite eras of music for that reason you still were listening to some of the hair metal grunge was percolating a little bit you started to hear a little bit of facelift from Alice in Chains man in the box was a big song and that kind of stuff on campus and then you had the Black Album. Then, you know, a year later, you had Kiss Revenge. So those those rock bands were kind of getting back to basics. And then you had the introduction of, of grunge. And it was just a really awesome time for music. But I remember Guns just taking over the fucking world with these releases. And at the time, again, you, obviously, you had no internet. You had no streaming. So you bought the, the CDs and you listened to them nonstop. And for fans like us, especially living in college at the time, Two new Guns N' Roses albums nonstop in the dorm room? I mean, what what more could you ask? And uh, you know, we'll get into which which one everybody prefers, you know. it, it seems like the popular pick is this one, the two. Um,
0: thirty new songs from exactly. your favorite
1: We're, the biggest band in the world. Released thirty, 30 new songs. New, exactly. Dropped. Yep. Sonny, what about you? Where are you where are you with the use your illusion albums?
2: Yeah, we talk about it on Growing Up Rock, Stephen and I do a lot about The bang zone of your music is high school, probably just your teens in general. To me, it's two years past that because most people start making disposable income in their early 20s, right? So from 87 to 91, which we're talking between appetite and use your illusion coming out, I am 18 to 21. So this is the absolute bang zone of my music right? So I'm about to turn 22. I'm a manager at Target. I got the disposable cash. I buy both albums. I knew exactly when it was coming out because Target had a release radar. We had it three days before supposed to be on the shelves. Got it immediately all over it. Had already seen You Could Be Mine. Had already heard Knocking on Heaven's Door cover. You know, this is, I mean, absolute bang zone. But you got to remember, and you'll hear You'll hear how I feel about these 14 songs. For me, I'm basing it on, I'm trying to compare it to Appetite Skid Row's first album, Mr. Big's first album, Warren's first album, Ella Guns Cocked and Loaded, Extreme Porno Graffiti, House of Lords Sahara, uh, Slaughter's first album. Like some of these albums are absolute desert island albums for me. So I'm looking forward to these 30 songs that they put together because I'm like, it took them four fucking years, right? 87 and 91 doesn't sound like a long time. In eighty-seven and ninety-one, this is a goddamn lifetime. Yeah. Those people putting albums out every twelve to eighteen months. So yeah, it wasn't but you're, you're forgetting to me that they had thirty songs. You're forgetting something though. Day in yeah. our lives, exactly in the middle there. Remember? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm. And there was live albums coming out in between. Even Ace, uh, even Ace did that. He released Comet. He yeah. released a live album plus, plus one. one yeah. And then the very that same year, he got Second Sighting. Yeah. It didn't surprise me they had thirty songs. Yeah, because it took them so long to do it. Now, Appetite took a minute to get started, so I think that kind of took over some of the time, mm-hmm. and they were touring a lot. I'm sure the drugs and alcohol didn't have much to do with it either. But uh, so I absolutely remember in it, and I remember I, I still got my original CDs. They're sitting in front of me, and got it first day. Nice. Yeah. yeah.
0: So let's uh let's go to what we normally do. We go right into the album cover.
3: mm Hmm.
1: Tom, you want to lead us off? Yeah, so the so I mean, two of the most just iconic images because you're dealing with user illusion two, which has the blue and the purple, and then you get user illusion one, which has the bright orange and yellow. Um, the images are, are the same on both, and they kind of take the image from, uh, according to Wikipedia, an artist named Mark Kostabi, and it's a picture of Raphael's painting of the School of Athens. Zeus, there you go. Mm. Um. Yeah. So I mean, the the artwork is it's it's very iconic. It's um it's interesting because GNR was known for their artwork, obviously on their first album. Um, you flip it over, it's got that classic GNR logo. You know, with the, with the pistols wrapped. You know, with the roses wrapped around the barrels, and then the blood. Um. So front and back covers. You know, what do you guys think? You know, we can get into the insert and the and what's inside the sleeve and everything. But what do you guys think of that? That those just those eye catching covers but you know both of them i mean we'll
2: talk about this one but both of them with those color schemes yeah to me i like the color scheme of the other one a little bit better because yeah. one of the things that you lose on this front cover is that kid has his head down yeah and they're supposed to be like this purple outline on his hair but yes. if it's lost because it's so dark on one it pops because it's red Yeah. Right, yep. so the other one always the yellow and the red always kind of popped better to me than this color scheme. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I get it. It's a cool painting, and I guess it makes them more sophisticated. To be honest with you, I take that as the front cover. Right, that uh, guns thing that you were talking about the the normal logo. I yep. take that as a front cover yep. any day of the week. I don't need the whole sophistication of what's going on here, but yeah, it's okay, yeah. I guess. But yeah. the colors just don't pop as well as you know well. It's red and yellow on the other one. I mean, come on, right, right.
1: Zeus, what about you? Where are you with these?
0: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of this cover. I think it's just
1: whatever in general, or just the colors. Yeah, like the just whole thing? all of it. And I mean, yeah.
0: the the you know usual illusion one. When we we'll talk about that at some point. We'll probably get to that. I just think it's more um, indicative of the first album, the color scheme. So you gravitate it, and the blue one here, um, it's just different. I I like the blue because. The, like I said, the other one reminds me of the first album, so I think this is mm-hmm. a little, a little different. Now there is supposedly a Guns N' Roses "Use Your Illusion" three, okay, out there of like miscellaneous shit, okay, and that cover is green. I don't know if you've ever
1: seen that out. I there. think I've heard of that. I don't think yeah. I've ever seen it. Take a look, you guys will find it. Um, uh, the- what else? And speaking of that, which they did too. I mean, we can just get this out of the way now too. Years later they released what everybody well I shouldn't say what everybody but what a lot of people say, oh why didn't they just make one album well years later they did they released um, a combination of the two and it's the it's both albums split down the middle diagonally of the of the orange and yellow and the blue and purple and it's got 12 songs on it and it's got uh, it's got six songs from each album so uh, it's it's available on CD. Um, I I think it might be out of print. I don't think it was was ever released on vinyl or anything, but that was what a lot of people gravitated to because a lot of people like, oh, we don't need all these songs. Just give me the hits. And I don't know. Guns N' Roses must have listened to people because those 12 songs arguably are all the hits off of both of the albums. So I thought that was kind of interesting that they kind of caved and and did that to, you know, taking away sales from people buying both. But I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. The
0: completest will buy all three. Of course. Yeah. Um, I love that they have the you know, obviously, I think it's sharp inside, mm-hmm. you know, the color schemes. And then they have the lyrics, which is always great. Yep. And then they have like slash type art. If you follow slash on Instagram, yeah. oh, these God. kind of like images that he puts up are pretty
2: interesting. <laughs> yeah, I would um, take that as a picture any day that week. The The girl with her hair getting pulled. Right? Yeah, that, you, that you can insert, see her. Oh my can, God. Yeah. You yeah. can see her
1: huge rack and then the crossbow. Yeah, yeah. It's some fucking weird I, artwork. I right. take that as a shirt right now. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm he surprised. does a
0: lot of unique stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then in the middle,
0: which is really cool, I remember taking a look and studying this. They've got all these, like a collage of photos, and they actually number them. So yep. you, you can read who these players were, like that affected this album. So, you know, you've got, Things as much as uh, Dell James, which we'll talk about a little bit later. You've got Alice Cooper's image here. You got some pictures of the band, Mike Clink, Michael Monroe, Sonny's Zero, Sh- uh, <laughs> Shannon Hoon. Um, you know, it, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in here. Um, yep. In this, the end, there's a photo of the band. They and look wait, good there. Yeah. And you're like, wait a minute. There's six of them what the fuck to. yeah there wasn't one last time there was a <laughs> you knew of guns N' roses like who the fuck is this guy um but anyway so we'll move from the album cover to the album itself so guns N' roses use Your illusion two along with usual illusion one released september 17th 1991 tom mm-hmm. so right you know, a little bit after we moved in. Yep. Um, became and it went instantly. Number one, this actually sold better than Usual Illusion one when they first came out. Uh, they're both, I think, at this point, seven times platinum, which is 14 million albums sold and still less than what they sold on Appetite.
1: I know. Amazing. Uh, yep.
0: It debuted <clears throat> at number one. Uh, Mike Clink was back to produce. But they also gave Guns N' Roses uh, production credit on this. The band had changed at this point. So
1: Stephen Adler did too much heroin. Oh, poor <laughs> Stephen Adler. To being Guns N' Roses. Imagine that. That's like Dave Mustaine being thrown out of Metallica for drinking too much. It's the same thing.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Or like Lemmy got thrown out of Hawkwind for doing the wrong drugs. Right. Exactly. Like there's a right drug. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. So he gets booted. They added a permanent keyboard piano guy, Dizzy. Yep. He jumps in. Dizzy Reed. He jumps in. So now there are six members of Guns N' Roses. Um, I just remember this as being kind of like, "What the fuck? Is there something different?" And then, you know, not too long after the, this, the uh, album is released. A few uh, video here and there. Izzy leaves, mm-hmm. and Gilby Clark comes in. Never performed on the album, but he's in all the videos and on the tour. I just wanted to add that in. Mm-hmm. Um, And before we get into the tracks, follow up thoughts on where we are now.
1: Yeah. I mean, in terms of the production, too, um, they had uh, Bob Clearmountain was like the original engineer producer mixing some of the tracks. The band fired him because he was trying to replace some of the actual drums with drum samples. Um, Slash talked about it in his autobiography, and he said that they noticed um, that uh, Bob Clearmount had noted the drum samples that he had planned to mix in over Matt Sorum's drum tracks. And um, the band was like, yeah, no, we're not, we're not having that. Like, beat it. We're not doing drum samples for a friggin' g album. Um, so they started from scratch with a new engineer, a guy that was uh, named Bill Price, who would work with the Sex Pistols. Um, but, but talking about the style of the band, and obviously we'll get into it specifically with each song, you could tell right off the bat, that this is not appetite for destruction. That this is an Axel album. I mean, that's my philosophy on this. We'll again, we'll get into it, but I, I, I will say this: these two albums, to me, and I think it, like Sonny said, it might have had it might have had to do with when it when they came out. There's such an aura around these two albums because. The three of us were such music geeks that we connect so many things to music, where we were, what was going on, our age, and where we were in life that when I hear anything off of these albums and CD album covers, it just brings you back to that those college years and experiencing new music with friends and thirty years later, most of these songs fucking just kick ass to the, I mean most some of them don't, and we'll get into that, but um yeah there's just there's always a lot to talk about with Guns and Roses, so I'm happy about that.
2: Sunny. Sunny. Yeah, I'll just say real quick on the, you know, the selling of the albums, you are in the bang zone of that music selling and being on the charts and guns N' roses has done it several times. Now they understand supply and demand, just wait it out and you'll create this craziness that when you put it out, I remember when the albums, when they announced two albums were coming, dude, there was people freaking the fuck out about, really, you expect me to sho- shovel out 40 bucks for Guns N' Roses to get it all, blah, blah, how dare they, blah, 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 blah. But reality is Guns N' Roses could have shit triple platinum. They could put anything out and it would have went at least triple platinum at that point.
1: I think that's also, and I can't guarantee this, I'm sure somebody will correct me, but I also I think that may have been some of the philosophy behind Metallica not releasing Load and Reload at the same time. I mean, they they obviously at that time, Metallica could have shit and gotten the same thing. But I think Metallica was probably like, well, wait a minute, why do this all at once when we can stretch it out and do what they did? Because um, a lot of people think Load and Reload should have been one album. I personally disagree because I'm a Metallica geek, but um, definitely the same kind of theory. And I, you, you got to wonder if Metallica kind of saw what was going on with GNR when they released those Load and Reload albums. That's because...
0: In the infamous behind the music on VH1, yep. When Jason, you says like we toured with Guns N' Roses, we saw what not to do. Exactly. Remember that That
1: was it? That was it? Yes. Thank you for thank you for clarifying because I knew that somebody said made a a reference to these albums and why I don't know.
0: I don't know if it was about the albums, but I know it was. It was just in general. Axel was behaving, and the whole fucking. You know, James, James burns his hand and his face and shit, and then they're like, "Okay, Guns and Roses, come in and save the day." Fuck, fuck this. you, mic- microphone sucks. I'm out of here.
1: Well, see, now you're bringing up now, before we get into the tracks. I just got to tell this quick story. Now you're stirring up one of my most miserable concert memories of my life because when Guns and Roses and Metallica did the double bill tour in '91, I've never been more excited in my entire life for a tour ever and i couldn't go because the show was supposed to be at foxborough stadium now Gillette stadium was supposed to be at the old foxborough stadium that date got postponed i heard about it by listening to wbcn radio because at then there was no internet there was a big big story that the show's been postponed because that was when james had his had his accident the the tour was rescheduled to a friday night the night before i had a football game for stonehill i couldn't go and I sold the tickets, and Zeus, I want to see if you remember this name, because I know Murph will, that little shit Sean Rayball bought my tickets. <laughs> and I almost punched him in the face, because when he came home late, dude, that show was fucking amazing, I can't believe you didn't go, I'm like, get the fuck away from me right now. I don't want to hear how great that concert was that I missed, and I, to this day, I will never, I'll never forget that I was unable to go to one of the greatest shows ever, but I've seen Guns N' Roses a few times and Metallica a few times, so I guess I'll leave it out.
0: One thing I want to add is I also forgot to mention Matt Sorum comes. I said Steven Adler's the last album. Oh yeah, really Matt Sorum. On. Yeah, yeah. So Steven Adler leaves. He only plays on Civil War, and we'll talk about that. But and then Matt Sorum comes in, the drummer from the Cult, and Axel kept saying and throughout this time and these albums, go They their idea was like enough of fucking appetite. We want to completely bury that fucking album, move on something different and just fucking blow it away and just be like, that's over there. This is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Well, they come up with 30 fucking songs. Some are same, but a lot were different. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll give them that. And the only other thing I would I would want to add on this is I I as much as I, I I see where you're coming from when you say this is Axel Axel Axel. I think he takes a lot of the, the the shine on him and a lot of the videos and all that other shit. I find this to be a real collaborative effort, and you'll see because yeah. when we go through this album, they'll be like, "Oh, that's an that's an Izzy song. Oh, that's Duff. That's mm. definitely Duff. Oh, that's Slash. Listen to Slash in the guitar playing. Oh, these yeah. are Axel overindulgent lyrics and shit like that." there's a mixture of them. And this is why I think the band was perfect because they were adding elements of the, they got the best of everybody.
1: Well, I think you said it perfectly. I think the reason why I probably said that about Axel is because he, he, he sticks out on this album, sometimes not in a positive way. So sometimes that's what you take away from these albums. And then his behavior dominated this era. Of course.
0: So all the craziness, all the fights, all the stadium, it's all Axel. You forgot the original Appetite came out. It was Slash with the bottle of Jack fucking yep. slouched over or Steven Adler doing something. Now, all the attention, because Adler's out, all the attention's all on Axel doing yep. in his antics, and he took over. Yep. So anyway, there's a lot to get to, and the first track is Civil War. Let's hear it.
2: What we've got here is
3: failure to communicate. Some men you
2: just can't reach. So you can get what we had here last week, which is the way he wants. Well, he gets.
3: I don't like it. Look at your women crying Look at your young men dying The way they've always done before We're leading
2: Right, so civil war the song that does steven adler in obviously cuz you know he couldn't play it right i guess but he played it enough to wear the game of credit anyway so the good uh, i like the whistling start like slash's guitar tone super crunchy like all the dynamics of axel's vocal love the end about what's so civil about war anyway um, like the idea that they wrote this on the road and that slash wrote the instrumental you know, in the Japanese leg, Axel's writing lyrics in Australia. I think all that stuff's great. The bad. Does a song actually have to be as long as A Civil War? Like, <laughs> God damn, dude. Oh. Oh, oh, he's already
1: complaining about long songs and we haven't even gotten to any yet.
2: <laughs> dude, come on. And I get it. They're trying to be epic and you're trying to tell a story, but just get on with it and then <laughs> immediately. If you're going to write an epic song, why the fuck do you have the honky-tonk piano in it? Like, yeah. come on, dude. Take that. Like, if you're going to use synthesizers, I get it. But the little honky-tonk thingy to try to make Civil War peppy, like, come on, dude. So I'm 50-50 on this song, to be honest with you. Okay. So for me, for
1: me, as a listener, one of the most iconic things is that intro, you know, that that quote from from Cool Hand Luke that everybody you, its the very first thing you hear. So. This song, to me, it, it, it's it's popular, it was a hit for a reason, it's it's an epic song and we'll get into it because Guns N' Roses tries multiple times on this album to nail down the epic song. They do it perfectly once, the other times not so much. This one is pretty close. Um, the thing that stands out to me right off the bat is, okay, this is not appetite for destruction. Um, the piano is very prominent, which I like I, I love the piano in, in songs, especially in rock music. I think it's a it's a nice addition, depending on how it's played slash other than ace freely is my, the two my two favorite guitar players of all time because I actually love their sound. Slash is on fire on this whole fucking album. The, his riffs, his solos, his fills are just spectacular. Um, I like the chorus. I mean, he, here's the thing I'll say about this album. I'll just start with this song, and it'll ca- kind of carry through. If you don't like Axel's voice, you're going to fucking hate this album because this this album is this is Axel. With his screeching, squealing best, and then he gets a like. There's a <laughs> he's all over the place on this album. Yes. So if you're not a fan of Axel's voice, good luck with this album. For me, I think this is a standout song. It's not my favorite, but I, I like it. Just in, in Slash carries it like he does for most songs from GNR. Civil War, written by
0: Axel Rose, Slash, and Duff McKagan, it made it to number four mainstream rock. It was released in 1990 because it was originally on a compilation, "Nobody's Child," the Romanian Angel uh, something. Um, I don't know now, anything about that one. Yeah, it was on that compilation, yeah. but they released it later on as a single in 19 in May of 1993. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually had one of those extended plays for this. It was an EP called Civil War would had a, a few other items on it. Um, so it was that I forget the extended had like Garden of Eden and, a, and an exclusive interview with Slash. And I that was the it. German version. And the Australian version had Civil War. Don't Dame me back off, bitch. An exclusive interview with Slash. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, kind of like those. Oh, that was an EP. Anyway, uh, Sonny mentioned it, Sonny, uh, slash wrote this as instrumental, uh, and it has that fucking old guy speech from cool hand Luke that you're yep. like, what the fuck is that? Sounds like Catherine Hepburn. <laughs>
1: it took me years to believe that that was a man yeah, when I first yeah. heard that. Everyone's like, that's from cool hand Luke. I'm like, what?
0: Yeah. There's, um, uh, there's a few different things that pop up in the movie, uh, in the movie. Uh, that pop up in the song, like the Axles whistling that old Civil War song when Johnny comes marching home. Mm-hmm. That's the beginning and the end. The Peruvian guerrilla officer when they start doing, we create a vacuum and then we fill that vacuum. Ouch. I feel like I've seen that in movies or TV or some stupid like fucking Pentagon uh, conference or something. I, I just yeah. That sounds very familiar. And I, I see, I like that opening haunting like acoustic with the with the speech and the, the whistling going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right, Tom. It, you, Axel is in like full form when he starts whispering to some that soft voice. And then, love, and then he gets, like, lo- I love it, it. It's that fucking like that Adam Sandler parody voice <laughs> of Sloppy Joe, <laughs> Rabbit Joe. Oh, like, like, it's like, true. That he does so well. And it's just, uh, I forget which one of you two talked about it. Slash's tone, especially on this song.
1: Incredible.
0: So awesome. Yeah. The guitar part is just that solo. You're like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when we just saw Jerry Cantrell. That tone. Mm, that tone. He had, oh, my yeah. God. Um, yeah. And is it me or did everybody in the 90s talk about JFK getting his head blown off? Like, that was everywhere in the 90s. Yeah,
1: that's true. It was a Everybody bit, yeah.
0: was talking about it. Fucking Billy Joel. Billy Joel. The movie. To, this. Yep. Like, everybody's JFK shit. Um, yep.
1: That was the big thing.
0: Uh, what's with that? Ain't that fresh?
1: What? I, I, I'm i always like, <laughs> wait. Did he just say fresh? Like, Rundy MC? <laughs> Ain't like, that I think fresh? What like, happens, the groceries? Like, what?
2: Go, yeah. what's, uh, go ahead, Sonny. I'm son. going to mention it a couple of times during this review. I think what happens is any idea axel has has to come out and be used. Oh I like agree. Nothing gets yes. thrown away. Yep. yep. But but I find his lyrics
0: like i of all the albums we've done, even the fucking Eagles one that I love those lyrics, like I I gravitate them. They think there's there's so many deep thoughts in this. And you're like, I didn't fucking know. Yeah. When especially over the years when you start listening to the ones where he's singing real fast and you start reading, like, oh shit, that's fucking pretty. Wow, that's interesting. But anyway, but you know, ain't that fresh is not one of those. Um, yeah, Sonny, I I actually I'll differ from you. I love that because I like that old country piano sound. I love that it's a piano and not fucking um. Uh, I'll fight hell to hold you keyboards. (laughs) That shit. Um, I love hearing it because I feel like that's real musicianship, not some fucking guy rocking out on a keytar.
1: Oh yeah. They need a keytar on this. By the
0: way, at the end, how bad to slash tear it up on the, Oh, it's incredible. He's freaking killing it on this album. Yeah. And then what's all civil war anyway. And then the rain and the thunder, I don't know, thunder bombs going off. Yep. Um, It's just seven minutes and 42 seconds. I put that down too, Sonny. It's long. It's a good song. It didn't need to be that long. No. Um, And it's not even close to being the longest song on the album. No. (laughs) Or the other side, if you go to coma, Jesus, Um, the song is deep. I'm like, it's not Night Train. They're, they're, They're starting to get into like, hey, shit. People are listening to me. Maybe I have something.
1: I ought to say something interesting. That's not why they're listening
2: to you. No,
1: dude. Well, I, I, look, I, I want I want to hear Rocket Queen. I don't want to hear what's so simple right. about War from Axel Rose. Like, I want to hear both. Why can't yeah. it be? Why can't the song be fun and a
0: song be interesting? So, so why can't, like, Paul, So what if what if Paul Stanley wrote Civil War? I'd be like, shut the fuck
1: up and get back to. Okay, because, because exactly, Paul Stanley can't pull off Civil War. Axel can't either. Oh, he, he can, can vocally, he can, but I don't. When you, you listen to when you listen to his
0: lyrics, are very sophisticated in many areas in this album.
1: And I'm just talking about yeah, this out, just because mind, they're written. One. Just because they're written, sophisticated doesn't mean I can. I the mean, lyrics good. are interesting and deep and thoughtful. Yeah, but I, but that doesn't make them. When he's singing them, I'm like, dude, you you sing, you sang, uh, Welcome to the jungle. Just stick with that. I don't need you to sing like dropping clips of a Peruvian military general and shit. Relax, my problem yeah, but isn't also- my problem. Oh, go ahead.
2: Yeah, my problem isn't uh, the talent of the lyric writing. My right. problem isn't the, the uh, I guess, how great it is, how great he sounds, how great Slash sounds, that is GNR, and they're growing. And blah. My problem is this isn't what I come to Guns N' Roses for. That's right. my problem. Oh, I, I hear no, what you're I saying.
0: You're wrong. Because here, look at-, look at look I'm at, wrong about what I come to Guns N' Roses no, for. No, but I'm just saying like that, that a band can't get into a different- Look at what we just did when we did Skid Row
1: you we although you's gone wild yeah that album sucks yeah. i love the first kid roll album i don't love Tommy, the second album Tommy, just the album sucks it's, i'm sorry it does
0: i'm just saying that my was, point those- <laughs> Stop, now and we, we haven't like even this. got to beat yourself blind yeah. beat yourself blind anyway what i was saying is that's like a rock anthem type song and then I they know. get into 18 in life, they'll get into wasted years and all that stuff, wasted time. Excuse me, and then they gravitate. It's not unheard of to them to do something serious. I, I, I understand. I understand. This oh, isn't Warren doing care. fucking civil war. Like you know, I don't the go to Warren because civil war. Guns N' Roses lyrics were never considered a joke. They were fucking, although they were about street and and, and you know, sex, drugs, and all that stuff. They were still pretty good. They weren't fucking.
1: She's my cherry pie. No, they were, were getting to, No, no, system. no, no, they were getting the ring, bitch. We'll get to that <laughs> yeah, stupid yeah, fucking song soon. <laughs> that song is but
2: I'm not even talking That song's about, brilliant. I, I'm talking about you don't go to a Greek restaurant to get a hamburger. I see what that's you're just saying, not saying. where you yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah, but when did Guns N' Roses become like only
1: they did that? They had one album. To me
2: they it doesn't matter. To me they did.
1: That being said, that being I'm said I'm talking about me. That right. That being said, do you the, find Mr.
0: Brownstone's lyrics to be like fucking we're not childish or it. stupid? I think we're that's fucking interesting lyrics.
2: I'm talking about the sound. I'm talking about the. I feel. thought we were talking I'm about talking lyrics about, now. That's what you keep talking about. I'm talking about overall the song, like the piano, the the length, the epicness, the That's two different discussion. I don't
0: need. Well, I don't need- that, yeah. Yeah, but their stuff is serious stuff. They were never cons- like their music wasn't like just. Fucking two and a half minute song. No, I know it wasn't. Yeah, um, it
1: no. wasn't. It Look wasn't. Look
0: at Rocket Queen. How a fucking transition. It's. I think they're fucking. Yeah, they had some sophistication
2: to this shit. But they're talking about their own personal demons there, not about the world's wrongs. Right. Yeah, I mean that's only. I one don't want song. No,
1: that's one it's song. not one
2: song. It's all over this shit. No,
1: we'll get into not- it. We'll get into
2: it. We'll find
0: out now because we'll go into the next track that takes about fourteen years to go through. Go
3: ahead. Feel the sunshine
2: So, 14 years, you know, there's talk about whether Izzy's talking about his old girlfriend or Axel. Here's my thought it is 1000% Axel. They are both 28 years old. He's talking about 14 years. They met in high school. The whole last set of lyrics are all about Axel. He's got Axel helping him on a song about his re- shitty relationship with Axel. That is awesome. That is the best part of this song. The rest of it's complete shit. I hate everything about this song except for the guitar solo. I don't think Izzy should be singing leads. I don't think anybody on this album should be singing leads except for Axel. And there's times I can't stand Axel, right? But I sure the fuck don't want somebody else singing leads. The 60s vibe is okay, but and that the, the honky tonk piano fucking got louder as we went into the <laughs> song. It it got got it's like it's like, come on, dude. Tame that shit down. This song all it did was piss me off the other day when I heard it again. That's what it did. Wow. Well,
1: I'm uh, I'm going to have to strongly differ on that cuz I think this fucking song rips. This is a standout track for me. That you would. <laughs> um, this is a again, track to your your now now you're like, "Well, okay, this really is an appetite for destruction." You got the little southern pop vibe, the piano, the kind of a bouncy rhythm to it. You got the different vocals I think it's a killer song. I think it's a really well-crafted song. I think this song was popular for a reason. I mean, it's only a little bit over four minutes long, so it's a nice break from the epic Civil War. Um, the 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 piano sounds great in it. I mean, if you don't like the piano, then you're not gonna like the song, Sonny. So I, I understand that. Or the album. But well, the album, too, that's true. But yeah, lyrically, though, it's funny when you read this lyric. Like you said, so it's like Axel helped write a song where Izzy is shitting all over his friendship with friggin with Axel. It's um It it it's an interesting. It's a. I love this song. To me, this is a standout. But it is interesting that you're two songs in and you're like, wait a minute, this is a. This is potentially a different band here.
0: Uh, 14 years, written by Axel Rose and Izzy Stradlin, and this is why Guns N' Roses will never be the same without Izzy in the band. Agreed. Who is considered a fucking. He's got his own cult status within the band. Yep. I think Izzy. Even more than Slash, even more than Axel, even more than Duff or Adler, is the most authentic person in that band.
1: I agree. He I is agree. his
0: own person. He don't give a fuck, and yep. he does it his way. I'm with Tom on this. I fucking have always loved this song. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it wasn't even Axel. <laughs> a bunch of times listening to this because I thought it was Axel using that actual voice
1: me too i did me too i agree like yep. when i
0: first heard it it's so easy i'm like oh who's the other singer yep um i fucking love this uh sung mostly by izzy and it's you know axel jumps in on the chorus part of it um originally it had some different lyrics to it i guess they switched it up that drum opening and then boom boom uh i'm like wow the Piano is driving this song. Mm-hmm. I love it. And when I think of the piano like this, you know what it reminds me of, Tom, throughout Foz- this whole album? Fozzie Bear? <laughs> Fozzie Bear. Close. Fozzie close, Cl- Very close. Peter Chris, the, dr- the, the, the the piano on Nothing to Lose. Oh, yeah, how it's kind of driving the beat of the rhythm. And you can songs. hear it. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think of it throughout that. That's the kind of piano sound I want in a rock band, not mm-hmm. the fucking... Yep. Anyways, um, I've got so many lyrics on this that I think are fucking
1: brilliant. Oh, this, this is a brilliant song, especially when you know what it's about.
0: I just think it's, you know, the legendary Stevie Nicks made her ex-boyfriend sing a song about what an asshole he is. Yep. This is it too. I try to feel the sunshine. You bring the rain. That is such I a great love the like he's so frustrating. He's bitching. I fucking love it. He's just bitching out about Axel and his fucking prima donna attitude and all that stuff. And yeah, I'm with you, son. He's 14 years. It's 14 years of friendship. But you also forgot the last part of it. These last four years of madness, meaning since the fucking 87 to 91, where we began, it sure set me straight, right? Because, no, dude, like, the,
1: the, the greatest lyric is
0: "Your stupid girlfriend oh, tell that, you that I'm to blame." Tom, Tom that's uh, right here. That's next in my notes, dude. There's no nuance to that lyric, dude. Your stupid girlfriends tell you that I'm to blame. The next line is even worse. They're all used up, has <laughs> out of the game. <laughs> dude, it's amazing. You know, Axel's probably got a girlfriend going. Dude, is he talking about me?
1: no he can't be A- talking about me
0: Axel, he's talking about me in that song and he's like shut the fuck up bitch do you hear what he <laughs> said about me <laughs> pretty much and I just think it's fucking bro it keeps going like I think throughout the song he keeps like almost warning Axel and telling him I'll have the last word hear what I'm saying like and I, tr- I try to see it your way like I tried I'm doing it and I'm gonna have the last say. And guess what? The last say is this is it. You're a fucking complete dick. The solo by Slash. Again, two songs so far. Slash is killing it. Yeah. Fucking killing it. Yep. And then I'll I'll end it with these other lyrics too. Uh I'm past the point of concern. It's time to play. The and then that's when it gets in the last four years and match it. But then the the total killer is just like a hooker. She said nothing for free.
1: Oh. That's a good one. Yikes. So you,
0: you know, he's probably talking about one of his girlfriends said something about that. Hey, nothing's for free. Yep. You fucking money hungry, like whatever. Yep. Ah, oh, I, I can't tell you how much I fucking love this song. I've always loved this song. I love it for its authenticity. I love it for the background story about it. I, I love the guitar on it. Uh, it just works. And I don't have a problem with Izzy's vocals I like they not yeah if they're like those songs that Ace does that you don't notice the his voice is terrible mm. right when he sings like hard times and shit you're like oh that's one well rocket ride you don't sit there and go oh that's fucking terrible you right. wait till he sings those other songs like,
2: like good times God. bad times <laughs> no <laughs> it's like
0: what the and, you and the days of my youth <laughs> I was told yeah that was that's not good yeah <laughs> Um, but I, I'm. Uh, I think they're they're climbing from Civil War to 14 uh, years. Let's see where they do with the next track.
2: yesterdays. So okay, at least the song started right away. I'll say <laughs> that. <much. laughs> the song's missing some punch. So here's here's the note that I wrote. I've heard the song tons of times. Go grab the nearest Webster's dictionary, dictionary, flip to M because this, this is the dictionary definition of meh. Oh my god almighty. There's nothing about this song that interests me. I remember the first time I heard this album and the first three songs, I'm like, what the fuck? What happened to GNR? I remember thinking that. And I remember thinking, man, I don't really listen to this album much. Why is it? And I quickly remembered why it was. But I kept listening. But yeah, this one's meh to me. Yeah, um, I like
1: it. Uh, again we're three songs into the album and i keep saying the same thing yeah this ain't appetite <laughs> uh it's it's very different it's i i like the i like the groove of it it's a it's it's weird it's like an emotional like reflective song that they're trying to write it it's got some it's it's got the the g and r kind of rocking to it again it i i'll i'll agree with sonny a little bit i mean he's a little bit more forceful with the meh, but um there is something they need to add something a little bit more to it. Um th- This is again, Axel's voice at that shrieking vest. Um It's, it's good. I mean, it was popular for a reason. It's a very easily digestible song. It's, it's short. It's only three minutes long, tailor-made for the radio, you know, very, very pop oriented, you know, even if you're not a guns and roses fan, you're going to like the groove of it, but uh yeah, it's a, it, it, it's a good sounding song. I think the problem with this album in general is that for 30 years we've been listening to these songs. I mean, it's it's just I've heard this song a bazillion times. And after a while, it's like, eh, if I want to hear it, I could just close my eyes and sing it in my head. But um no, I I, I like it.
0: I like it. Yesterday's written by Axel Rose, West Arkeen, who Axel had one time called the third guitarist in the band. And he had writing credits on It's So Easy, Bad Obsession, This, The Garden. Guy died at 36 from an overdose in 97. Yikes! Del James, who inspired the whole trilogy, November Rain, fucking three songs: Don't Cry and uh, what's the other one there? Strange. A strange. Yep. Yeah. And then somebody named Billy McLeod. I don't know anything about. It was released as a single. I believe it went to number 72 on Billboard's Hot 100. And I think number 13 on U.S. Mainstream. There's some good lyrics in it. Time just fades. The pages in my book of memories. It's a mid-tempo song. It's a lot of piano again. Decent solo. I actually put, it's all right. Yeah. Eh. So I'm, I'm kind of with Sonny on that. I don't know. It just never, I never got excited for this. And the fact that of
1: all these great songs, this got a video and released as a single. Come on um i think just because like i said it was just three minutes long very easily digestible it could attract non hard rocking gnr fans to be like oh that's a nice song you know what i mean yeah
0: the ending is reminiscent of the outro of a strange. if you yes. noticed i don't yep. know what the hell's going on there again it, the song could have been shorter because they could have got rid of that uh
1: video anybody want to talk about the video i think the video
2: was about as mad as the song <laughs> <laughs> it is really but i mean you-
1: it's it's a nice performance
2: video with the band. Yeah. Did you notice that everybody seemed like they were at dress rehearsal, except for Axel looked like he just came from running errands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I then like he's trying in- to do the smoldering eyes, as he's saying.
1: But yes, I, I tell you what, I I'll tell you what ooh. I do like. I I like even in a, even in a mid tempo song, he still got the little Axel snake going from <laughs> the damn, side to side. Yeah. I like that. He's still trying to groove that,
0: you know. The transition to grunge is happening right before our eyes. Oh, if totally. you look at that video. Yep. All of a sudden, Axel's got scruff. Yep. It's hair in a ponytail. He's in jeans. Yep. Yeah. It looks kind of soft. And they keep showing photos of Izzy and Steven Adler. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, this isn't Kiss showing on the fucking Do You Love Me montage at the end of the road, Ace and Peter. Right. these guys are in your band about a
1: year ago. Like, <laughs> oh, yesterday's yesterday. I- they, they're taking the word literally. Yesterday yeah. you were in our band. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, did
0: they not really try to pull a fucking yeah, fake ace? Because if I didn't know any better, I'd say <laughs> yeah. that's Izzy. I agree. I-, I swear to god, they got Gilby Clark because he looks like Izzy. I can Probably. never I would yeah, if I didn't know he fucking left at that time. I all the videos, I thought that was Izzy yeah not even tell. Me too. Yeah, that fake Ace, f-
1: fake Izzy,
0: fizzy. <laughs> fizzy was in the guitar in the video. Uh, It's like an empty warehouse or a fucking airport hangar or something. I don't know where they're playing. Yeah, it's just some kind of
1: studio. You know what I was waiting something.
0: for? You know what I was waiting for? I was waiting for Jack Russell to pull up on his fucking moped, <laughs> whatever he does, with a hot Bobby Brown because it looked like that video. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, yeah that's yeah that's twice K- shy video. Once yes. been,
2: yeah. once bitten, twice. Uh,
0: you know, yep. you know Jack yep. Russell, right? Bill Maher with long hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with his hair flowing in that speak, <laughs> that big schnoz in the middle of his face.
1: Jack, you are not a handsome man. Yeah.
0: Axel's shirt says KFK on it. What the fuck was that?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I'm like somebody <laughs> paid him.
0: Yeah, I'm like I didn't know him saying I was reading I'm like is that KFC? What's got on
1: that? Would have made more sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: If it came out later, it was Don Dawkins. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Or Mike Reno from Love the Boy. <laughs> like, yeah, fat Vince is out of breath. Ooh. Imagine if there's a video, older video of Vince Neal wearing a KFC shirt. Find it. Oh. We can make it happen. Anyways, that's yesterday's. And uh we still got about 30 more songs to go. Uh, Let's get to the next one
2: Knocking on Heaven's Door, you know, like I said, I'm 22 when this album comes out, so I got no idea it's a cover. I don't know who the hell Bob Dylan is. <laughs> There's no twenty-two-year-old on the planet right now that knows who Bob Dylan is. Um, we'd had this song for a while, because it was on the Days of Thunder soundtrack. I love that dual layered vocal he's doing in the first verse. It's kind of looking forward it. To- to it on the second verse, but it wasn't really there, but you got the moans instead. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to tell is that Axel moaning, I think it is, but it could be one of the gospel singers too, so I'm not too sure. The chorus is boring, but Axel does the best that he can, singing it 755 different ways, right? Like, it's just a one line, but he's, nah, doing
0: nah, it... on. <laughs> yeah. no.
2: he's doing it so many different ways that at least it makes it, look, it, makes it sound interesting. The two solos that Slash does, Dude, I could hum those for the rest of my life. Very, very memorable. The gospel chorus thing was a great idea. Here's where I thought the ton- honky tonk piano actually works. Right, it's a peppy song. It's got a little gospel to it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The phone call thing didn't need to be there. And oh, yeah. I get it. You can't use you can't use the call back answer thingy you were doing live on the video. But the phone call thing's completely stupid. Like, just leave it out of there.
0: Besides that, that rat song. Hello?
3: Oh,
2: hello? Yeah,
0: hello? <laughs> Got me on the line. Hello?
2: Yeah. Phone calls in a song just don't work. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. I agree.
1: Yeah, I don't have anything good to say about this song because I've hated every version of Knock It On Heaven's Door, regardless of who sings it. Um, I I think it's a bad song. I I get the impact of it when Bob Dylan wrote it. And I understand how people think it's like iconic and everything. I don't like the song. So nobody who does it is going to appeal to me. Uh, Two things save this slash is out of his mind on this. Thank God. Um, And like Sonny said, uh, there's a couple of songs on this album and this one in particular where you got that layered vocal, which you can really, really, really hear that when you have like your earbuds in a lot, a lot of that stuff pops. Yeah, it's and another thing, too we talked about this on other ARC albums. Track listing matters to me a lot. You're on the fourth song of the album right now. There's not a whiff of appetite for destruction type shit on this album right now, which I guess that's fine. But give me something that you can kind of really just go balls out on because there's nothing so far. That, that was a complaint of mine with this being the fourth track on the album, not to mention that the song itself is just not good. But, yeah.
0: All right. Uh, Knock It On Heaven's Door, written by Bob Dylan. It made it to number 18 on the mainstream rock charts in 1990. It has the band, a group of female singers, The Waters, as the backing mm-hmm. vocals. Uh, they started playing this back in 87. So it's been around. And they recorded a studio version for the Days of Thunder soundtrack. That's why when this—thank God I never saw that movie. Yeah, that's That's why when this—I don't know—but that's why when this came out, we were all familiar. Like, oh, I know that song. Yeah, there was another reason why I think this sold because people recognized it. I thought that song was in Lethal Weapon Two, "Knocking on Heaven's Door," wasn't it? When he was M-I-B. like dead, probably- and he was gonna die. Was really they thought strong. he was gonna die. Mel Gibson was gonna die. And this played. So that's the first time I think I remember knocking on Heaven's Door. It is tedious. It just repeats the fucking chorus. And you know, I Axel makes it very Axelish with the hey, hey,
3: hey, <laughs> nah,
0: nah, nah. you know that makes it different. But dude, I get it. You're knocking on heaven's door. I've heard that fucking song, that chorus over and over and over again. It's not that interesting to be repeated that many times. I just it's a decent version. It's probably better than Dylan's. It's just so fatigued, so fatigued slash. I just put, of course, it's just fucking awesome on this song. Mm -hmm. And and please. And I put the same thing. What's with the fucking phone call in the middle of the oh song? Oh my god. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> like dude, enough. Anyway. Woo! Dude, I have something for us. I'll save it for later, but next song
2: the good Uh, the first 40 seconds where you feel like you're going to get another knocking on heaven's door i was like oh okay well it's kind of a leftover transition piece cool with that we didn't get that Um, the other good part about it is there's it starts in the second part of the first verse where slash and uh axel start this like call and answer type thing so you get a lot of like slash guitar fills the bad Dude, Axel's a fucking professional wrestler now. Like, this, yeah. come on, dude. What the fuck? So right? Like, bad. the whole letter and challenging everybody's fucking stupid. But I love this story. So, Gucioni, so he went after Gucioni because Gucioni had spin. Well, his yeah. dad is At a Penthouse. founder of Penthouse, right? He gets more pussy so, than him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he says he got more pussy than him. Well, Gucioni challenged him to a fight. Yep. And he backed off. Axel did when he found out that Guciani had nine years of training, yeah. right? So that's about the best part of this song was that funny story. Besides that, this song is fucking stupid. Like there's <laughs> Not- nothing about this song except for Slash doing some call and answer that it deserves to be on this album. This is just everybody that paid for your album. It's because of Hip Parader and Circus and Corang and all this shit. Otherwise, you wouldn't sell any of this shit. Just shut up and move on. Or do it cool like Prince did it, not like this. This is the
0: best when we we use hard analytical thinking to tell that a song is stupid. Scrap. No, but when we use the word
1: <laughs> stupid to describe a song, it's my favorite way. It's just stupid. Anyway, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause it is. It's <laughs> but but not only is it stupid, this is when you start to un unravel this album as this is the most like schizophrenic Axel project he's ever done. It's like, okay, okay, now we're getting batshit crazy Axel right now. He doesn't care if this song and he he knows he's fucking I'll give him this, he's brilliant because he knows that this song, it's not a good song, it's actually a quite terrible song. But he knows that his little rant in the middle is gonna be like, Oh, did you hear what he said? Oh my god, that's that's crazy. But I got news for you, Axel. When a little white guy says the word motherfucker with the E R at the end, like you, we sound, would say it. you sound like a little twerp. You have to say motherfucker. <laughs> That's how you say the word. You know what? you want to antagonize me, motherfucker? Go ahead. It's like, okay, <laughs> let me, let me, let me undo my cardigan sweater, motherfucker. Like, really, dude, just terrible. And the song itself is just not good, but it's iconic because of his little friggin' rant. Um, Get in the Ring, written by Axl Rose, Slash, and Duff
0: McKagan, (laughs) Andy Setcher from Hip Parader, Mick Wallach-Kerang, Bob Guccione Jr. from Spin, uh, and he also mentioned Circus Magazine. Uh, Originally called by, it was, uh, I guess, Duff had wrote the song originally, Why Do You Look at Me When You Hate Me? And then Axl came in with the rest. Um, the first lyric of the song, yeah, yeah. Slash's guitar is so awesome, but I think it comes off because this is a Duff song. It gives you that punk fucking type of music, absolutely. Yes, and, that's and, and this vibe. is the yeah, and that's where the Duff um, influence comes in. Yep. Uh, can you hear the Duffle the double vocals? I think that's Duff backing up Axel in the song. It
1: might be. I think it might yeah, be right. There's somebody yeah.
0: singing underneath. And yeah, I think that's Duff. And so they also put the line in. I know you'd never cut it in my game, which is what all musicians say about critics, right? Oh, you can't do what I'm doing. So you have to sit back and be a critic. Um, I just love that. That goes for all you punks in the
1: press. (laughs) The jerky boys. You got it, punk. Or it's like friggin' Reggie Dunlop. He's chief. Punk on that
0: team yeah. like, he's a uh, captain and chief punk on that syracuse team <laughs> um dude 850 pounds for six people is 140 pounds 141 pounds yeah dude you're not kicking anybody's ass it's at just,
1: 141 pounds it's crazy axel oh see but that the thing is though you might you give him credit because you've seen like those like you ever see like a like a girl fight like in high school? You get like the skinny like sometimes the crazy. He might be like a crazy fighter, even though he's a skinny little twit. You he know what I mean? Just dirty, just all swinging his arms up. all over the place, just kicking your nuts, grabbing your hair. Like you know what I mean? That's him. At at <laughs> the end when they start
0: saying this song is dedicated. Oh yeah, is, <laughs> is that Slash or is that ass? somebody's fucked up? You no, that's Slash. I think that's. <laughs>
1: I right. thought that was Slash. Uh, so maybe,
0: maybe, maybe, it was, maybe, maybe it was Ace. <laughs> Ace. Yeah, maybe it was His Ace. This song is dedicated to all the fucking fake Ace fans out there. <laughs> maybe that was it. Ace, you're the real Ace. Oh, fuck. Oh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> motherfucker. Well, I've got an uh, for the ending. I've got a, a, a little addition to the lyrics here that I alternated a little bit in. Okay,
1: perfect. I can't wait to hear
0: it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just, see, you guys don't like the song. I love the song. When it comes on, I look forward. When it comes up on Shuffle, then, you know, because it's it's so silly and stupid. It's stupid. Of, there you like, go. That goes for all you punks. Yeah, fucking Andy Century and
1: parade. Yeah, fuck you, Nick Wall from Kerrang. That's awesome. I read that that book that Mick Wall wrote about most uh, famous. Yeah. Mick Wall's a friggin' brilliant rock writer and I, yeah. I read his book about Guns N' Roses. I think it was the most dangerous band or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And Axel was like pissed that like Mick Wall wrote the shit. Be like, "Dude, don't be pissed cuz Mick Wall reports on what goes on in your band. He didn't he wasn't making up shit. Even though you probably think he was cuz he's a writer.
0: But you do got to give them credit because that's how people got into bands. Yeah. So the only source is not the internet. Is to buy those rock magazines. That's it. And you just shit on all of them. Yep. That's a little ballsy. Mm -hmm. Well, the lyrics uh, don't get tamer on this next track. So let's go again.
2: Shotgun blues. All right. The good. There is none. That was just thank you for the silence. There is none. I, the song to me comes off more punk than blues. I get it. Duff's in the band. But if this was the first GNR song I ever heard, I'd never listen again. I forgot this song existed. The, the lyrics just feel like they're left over from getting the ring because, you know, fucking Rose doesn't throw anything away. He's got to have everything. Cause even my favorite song on here has got fucking thing in the middle that it's all the lyrics he had left over that didn't fit in the song. He's just, this song is not good. Uh, you didn't need 14 songs here at all. Yeah. This is the sixth song in the album.
1: I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep ranting about my track list obsession. This is the sixth song in the album. And you're still like, eh, this album's all right. But this song fucking blows. This is this is terrible as at least get in the ring was like entertaining. Other than Axel saying, you can suck my ass. <laughs> there's nothing entertaining about this song. It's it, it's the the, the 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 lyrical style, the song. It's like it's too much. It's just it's too much. This slow down. Take a break for a minute. For God's sakes, you just had get in the ring. You don't need to throw shotgun blues after it. Ah, not good. Shotgun Blues written by Axl Rose. We didn't talk about this, but
0: they kind of balance their songs off. Yeah. With, oh, one, here, here's an Izzy song is number two. Here's an Izzy song in number two. Oh, here's a cover song. Here's a cover song. Oh, here's a fucking uh, Don't Cry version. Oh, here's a Don't Cry version. Oh, here's November Rain. Here's a strange. Shotgun Blues should have been on the other album. Yes. And especially not two in a row like this. Yeah. However, you're both misguided. You like it. I love it. <laughs> oh I don't like it. I Ow. love it. I oh love my. this fuck off song. I love it when they have this attitude. You get what uh. you pay for, and freedom's a real, a real high price. And while you're ripping off the children, somebody's fucking your wife.
1: That's a great line. I'll give them Dude, that. That's, that's, a, that's a good line.
0: Dude, that is such a fucking... I, I, I'll stick it right in your face and then I'll put you in your motherfucking place. Okay, relax Axel, you will not. And you, you can suck my ass. <laughs> and I think it's so low class. Dude, you just told somebody to suck your ass. You're talking about low class. The solo again, slash rips on it, but I love it. Eleven when he gets into the ending part, when he gets shotgun, blues, shotgun, and he's got these machine, machine gun type quick lines that he throws on. Yeah, yeah. on blues, shotgun blues, on blues. Listen, motherfucker, you're about to pay your dues. I love that shit. I just think this is a, a good version of their punk and fuck you attitude with everything. And then true? I don't know what he says at the end again. You think anyone with an IQ over
1: 15 would believe your shit? Fuckhead. <laughs> Nothing but a fucking pussy. pussy. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Nothing but a fucking Pussy. This is. I'm telling you. This. You're watching the unraveling of
0: Axel. That song. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of GM McGrath coming into the slapshot locker room at the end. Oh yeah, championship game. Yeah, fucking bunch of pussies. Pussies. (laughs) Nothing but a fucking pussy, dude. Come on. I fucking love this shit. Oh my god. All All right. right. Let's get into epic time again.
2: Breakdown. So the whistling returns, which is cool. Um, I like that the pace kind of picks up later in the song, like the pre-chorus and the guitar solos outstanding. That guitar riff, it's kind of because in breakdown, it's kind of hard to figure out like what exactly the chorus is. But the guitar riff, like I will say it, that it's in the chorus. It's about 220. If you go back and listen to it the other day, for some reason, I'm like humming hand jive. And I don't know why. <laughs> and when I listened to the song again last night, I'm like, it's because it's goddamn song. Like at 220, it feels like hand jive
1: a <laughs> little bit. With the guitar.
2: So I was like, oh, that's why I'm humming that. From dance. Greece? Yeah. Yeah. I get Forward it, right. to 220 and listen to it. You'll, you'll see it. what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, I love the story that uh, Matt Sorum was basically about to start crying because he couldn't get the drum parts <laughs> right. Oh, I know. I can't <laughs> he, do it. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's interesting that uh, you know we had Cool Hand Luke, which is 1967. We had Billy the Kid, which that's where we're Knocking on Heaven's Door with 73. Yep. You got Vanishing Point in this movie, in this song, which is 71. Mm-hmm. Like these are all movies from when he was a little kid, like elementary school movies. Like, so Tarantino
0: really like shit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah,
2: yeah. At the right. That's, that's like before Tarantino. Uh, like those iconic like movies that are oh, like, yeah. like exactly. Movies. Right, that's yeah. the word I was looking for. Yes. So overall, the song's okay. There's two things I don't like about it. One, fucking, does it have to be seven minutes? Right. And the second, dude, shut the fuck up when Slash is playing. Just shut yes. Up. Don't say anything. Yeah. Don't oh, do when, anything when Vanishing anything.
0: Point. When Vanishing Point speech comes on,
2: yeah, I just yeah, don't, don't want don't him the outro. To do
0: anything. Yeah.
2: Agreed. When when Slash is playing, just shut up. Yeah. Turn his mic off. Agreed. Yeah, breakdown.
1: Uh, the intro, uh, this the intro always caught my attention. It's like it, it's like you're at like a saloon, you know. It's like the doors swinging open and you're walking in, you know, looking for the bartender or something. Um, I I love epic songs. I love songs that have tempo changes and that are all kind of all over the place. Like Sonny said, what's the chorus other than him saying like breakdown? Like there's really no chorus. It's an interesting song. I think songs like this is like one of the reasons why I like I like a band like Rush because it's like the song is just all over the place it's like two or three songs and like that's why i think injustice for all is might be my might be my favorite metallic album because all songs are just all over the place it's like it's here and then there's you get two minutes of this type of song and then it flips and you get a minute and 30 of this like it, it's not a perfect epic we'll, we'll get to that eventually on this album but to me this is this is a good song it's it's really weird and creative for guns and roses after you just heard get in the ring and shotgun blues um, but I, I, I like this song It's uh, it's an interesting listen There's a lot going on Of course uh, we keep saying it. Uh, slash just insane
0: uh, Breakdown written by Axl Rose I will say before I get started This was always my fucking song That I'm like nobody knows Nobody listens to This is my favorite fucking deep track On Guns N' Roses Use Your Illusion I love how it builds I love the build Actually it's the first time I started noticing the drums on it it's actually great. The driving piano, and I—I've got to say, Slash's solo on this, cool. maybe my favorite solo since "Sweet Child of Mine" on mm-hmm. is on his that he's ever done. That one solo he rips, and then all of a sudden he fucking—he holds that note and it goes right back into it. I'll get to the outro afterwards, but another slow builder, the whistling, uh, and I'm like, anytime this whistling, I usually think this isn't going to be good but it actually works. It's a, uh, you know, the guitar fills on the piano and the opening and the drums building, building, building. And I fucking love it when it kicks in. And then all of a sudden, just like children hide in the closet and then boom, boom, boom. And Axel's voice goes off again. Um, you were talking, Sonny, about the slash set uh, that it was so fucking complicated between the banjo piano and the fucking drums that, tss- Fucking Matt Storm lost it, they said. Um, but e- there's so many epic lines in this, and you wouldn't know it because the song's just moving and there's all sorts of shit going on. I can't fucking tell you how much I love the, the lyrics on this, this song. Um, sometimes we're off the beaten track. You're getting taken for a ride. Everybody darling sometimes bites the hand that feeds. The, the uh, Remember in this game, we call life. No one said it's fair. And then that I was waiting for you, to really, Tom, to get on this. I thought you were going to do it. That you were going to say, "I fucking hate the." Let me hear you now. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's the uh, the
1: juicy. Mo- <laughs> most definitely. <laughs> most definitely. Let me hear you now.
0: <laughs> Let me
1: hear you now. It is amazing when you see what Axel's voice can do. I mean, it goes from oh. way, way low, low,
0: low, low to insanely squeal. Oh, I thought it was say, "Go to him." <laughs> and then i you know obviously the solo i just talked about is just fucking incredible and then it breaks down again and then the mat comes in with the drums and it picks up again and now the damn is done and we're back out on the run oh i just i i just find this shit um the way he builds it up is so. then the outro solo holy shit is incredible flash is ripping it's fucking great. And they also he also snuck in a little Guns N' Roses little uh, lyrical play when he says funny how everything was roses when we held on to the guns. That was pretty cool. Yes. And that's Clevon Little, the guy from Blazing Saddles. He does the speech in Vanishing Point. Okay. And it's literally word for word. Axel's just reading off the stuff that he does. And he just over overacts. Uh, I don't know where he came up with it. Like, hey, let me uh read this obscure 70s movie over this solo. At some point, Slash, like, dude, probably come on, man. What the yeah. fuck? What are you doing? <laughs> do it afterwards or do it in the middle of the song. Why are you rip doing this over my solo? But uh, I love this song. Love it. Uh, let's get to the next one. <laughs>
2: Tied up the perils of rock and roll decadence. (laughs) So Izzy says, you know, his friend Tony took him to meet this woman at her house. She gave him some tequila or something. First of all, Izzy, you might want to kind of know what you're drinking. Figure that out. But whatever. (laughs) Go to the bedroom. We walk in behind her. There's a big, fat, naked guy with an onion in his (laughs) mouth. He's (sighs) wearing women's underwear and high heels and tied up with duct tape against the wall. Okay. So since we know Izzy is listening. That's not called an onion. That's called a ball gag.
1: <laughs> Unless he had okay, an onion so in his mouth. I think so so it's the punishment right.
0: to put an onion. Imagine <laughs> sucking on an onion in your <laughs> mouth. Oh,
2: um, I love that sitar at the beginning. The main guitar ref. I love that it's simple and straightforward. I actually like the chorus here. It only took eight songs, <laughs> but I actually like the chorus here. And it's another great solo and another great outro solo. If Axel was shut the fuck up, (laughs) why are you still singing? You have 10 minute songs on this goddamn thing. You can say whatever you want to say. Why do you got to do it? while slash is playing all that being said, this is definitely one of the better songs on the record for me. Yeah. It took eight
1: songs for you to get to, uh, you know, to me, that classic G and R sound. Um, The thing that sticks out for me is that the, the, the groove that the drums are carrying him. Matt Soren is riding this song and it just, I, I absolutely, I've loved, I've always loved everything about this groove Slash's riff, the way Axel is singing the the bridge the, of the chorus is awesome. I love a, the piano gets thrown into the chorus. Um, and the little intro sitar thing is great. It says, according to slash Izzy straddle was so high on heroin that he made a <laughs> that he made a sitar out of a symbol, a broomstick, and some strings. So they use that at the beginning of the track as a little nod to uh, Izzy, which I think is freaking hilarious. But yeah, pretty tied up for me. Clearly a standout, quote-unquote, old-school type of GNR appetite song on this album. Great one. Pretty tied up. Subtitled, The Perils of Rock and Roll Decadence, which they say in
0: the beginning. Uh, written by only Izzy Stradlin. Mm-hmm. funny how we kind of gravitate to that huh yep interesting uh, it made it to number 35 on u.s mainstream told the story about the dominatrix we told the story about the sitar right i like the riff i think the groove is pretty sweet on this and there's that part in the spoken uh lyrics after every almost verse. i'm serious but check <laughs> it out cool ranch <laughs> dressing I guess that was a mispronouncement of something else. So they just left it and it sounds like cool ranch dressing. Okay. Um, Another slash solo. That's fucking great. And and the outro is incredible as well. Um, There's something about Izzy songs that are just so authentic.
1: They're like street grimy, sleazy, shit like it just because i don't think he's trying to be anything or i don't think he's i think he's just a freaking rock uh, he's a sleazy rock star and i mean that in the best sense of the word he's not trying to be like oh axel let's do this he's like let's fucking write a ripping friggin' sleaze rock song
0: yeah and i think that's why uh, i I mean i just find this shit incredible i love this song always have loved the song it's catches all hell now get ready for the choo choo
2: All right. So love the thumping bass. I like the music and I think, you know, you guys have said it sometime, at least once or twice here before you hear people say, you know, eight and a half minute song. And some people will say that eight and a half minutes flew by. Like I didn't even notice it was eight and a half minutes. <laughs> I felt every agonizing second of the 530 seconds. Uh, to this song, melody, <laughs> lyrics, complete shit. This is where I cannot handle Axel's vocal styling. He's always on the edge for me here. He went to a place where I'm like, I can't listen to that. I would have taken instrumental 100% here. Do not like this song at all. And I can't even label this as the worst song on the CD. Oh, boy.
0: I like how you said CD, though. That's true. Yeah. Because you don't think of this, of this, yeah, one. but you don't think of it as <laughs> anything else other than C D because that's when CDs specifically, yeah. are, but go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry, go ahead, Tom.
1: No, no, it's okay. Um, yeah, this is kind of I, I kind of feel the way about this as I do with uh with Breakdown, but I like this one a little bit more. It's another epic song that's fucking all over the place. A, a lot of it is awesome, some of it is terrible. The main <laughs> the main riff that slashes has is friggin' awesome. Some of the I said this before during Shotgun Blue. Some of what Axel's doing vocally and in the flow is just kind of a mess. This is an example of who is your producer or engineer? Who is your your daddy, and what does he do? Right, I knew that was coming because I said that perfectly. Like, there's a there's a good song in here somewhere. It's kind of like you gotta you gotta sift through like the shit and pull out the good stuff in there. I mean, that being said, I like it just because it is kind of interesting. It's all over the place. But I think if they kind of tweak this a little bit and kind of figure out exactly what they wanted from it, then you'd have like a, a killer song. But I, I like it as is. It's 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 a mess, but I like it.
0: Uh, locomotive. Complicity. Axel Rose in Slash. I'm with Tom, but I'm a little bit ahead I fucking can't not believe how awesome this guitar is. Yeah. It, like, uh, it literally is like a train. Yep. It, it fucking rocks. I love it. And I don't care that, uh, that it's, I don't know, 15 verses in this song. Because he, I'm like every time I'm like, dude, do two, three verses and the song could have been over. I don't know. I love it. So I'll take more of the song because right. it's, I love the guitar on it. It's so epic for me. I don't know what he's doing, but it sounds like a fucking train. You feel like you're like on it and just moving. And he's just constantly driving slash is just amazing. Mm -hmm. And I, and I love how Axel's delivery. I just love it. I, you know, this is where the usual illusion stuff comes in. He says it many times in this, I bought me an illusion. I put it on the wall, let it fill my head with dreams. And I had to have them all. I, just his deliveries, fan-fucking-tastic. Uh, yeah, I let you shape me, but I feel as though you rape me. I love that shit. If, and he can fucking pull it off. Um, and he's like, he ooh, baby's got a locomotive. He, ooh, you got a fat
1: ass. That's what like, I, that's I was just going to say. Right? You got a locomotive ass. <laughs> you got a caboose, baby.
0: Ooh, you got a fat ass. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Just Slash it's just like. Oh, my God. But, I, again, there's, like, fucking, I don't know, 15 verses in this song, and 842 is long. Yeah. Uh, but there's so many words in lyrics in this song. I don't know how the fuck you would remember it, all, and the way he's singing it so fast. Mm. There's no way you can do this fucking live. We will not even remember all that shit. There's no way you'd remember it now. But there's a, a YouTube clip of a sound check of Slash doing this and jeff beck is there and he jumps in playing on it remember i oh. sent it to you and jericho that time oh remember yeah we were yeah, going yeah. over like, I, where would you find this i'm like it's because i try to see if they ever played locomotive live and it's just slash ripping on it and i i think jeff beck's like even looking around like dude what what what, what, what? do i do <laughs> how do i jump in there like right it was just like it was so fucking cool um you know, and then the ending goes off like this little piano guitar outro again, and then love so strange repeating. What the fuck? That's where I'm like, yeah, you can more, probably more eliminate two, two minutes of the song. Yep. Um, so I I get you on that. So, but I I can't sing the praises of Slash's guitar playing to any more than locomotive. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's so great! All right. Sonny, let's go to the next one because you so fine Do late, do late Oh geez) <laughs>
3: So many times, hey, so, man works hard can can just to be a man who stands on his own. But the book always burns as the story takes his turn and leaves a broken man. How could you be so cool?
2: So fine. So I was thinking, I'm like slash the two minutes he was sober a day during this recording, right? Must have been sitting there going, what the fuck are we doing? Some of this stuff like, I'm putting down all these great guitar solos and some of these songs are complete shit. We're going to release all these songs? (laughs) And now we're letting the bass player sing? Why is he even fucking writing songs on this? (laughs) We've said it before here. Don't let the bass player do shit like this. I get it.
1: Unless your bass player's name is
2: Gene Simmons. Then you can do that. Or Steve Harris. Most definitely. Exactly. Yes. But I get it. They're trying to do a dedication to their friend, Johnny Thunders. I get all that. But I don't like the vocal. I don't like the way it was written. The song's just too clash, sex pistols. Like, Duff, keep this shit for your solo album and just dedicate the album to Johnny Thunders, maybe. But this song did not need to be there.
1: Yeah. I mean, the novelty of hearing Duff sing, it's like, okay, this is. You know, whatever. But again, I think overall, this is an album that required in, an editor, if that's even a thing in an album. It's like you, they just threw everything up against the wall. Oh, Izzy, you want to sing? Okay, cool. Oh, Duff, you want to sing? Okay, cool. Oh, actually, you want to do fucking batshit insane stuff? Okay, cool. Oh, you guys want to make freaking 10-minute songs? Okay, cool. Like, I get it. And, and if you're a GNR fan, which I am, and I know Zeus's is, Sonny is kind of on the fence without, with his GNR fandom, but... It's okay. I mean, it's one of those things where I'll, I'll take a I'll take a line out of what Zeus usually says. You know, I, I guess I'd rather have it than not because it is unique. It, it, it's it's you're never going to hear Duff again. You hear it once or twice, and then you have the ability to never listen to it again if you want to skip it. But it's not. I mean, first of all, Duff is singing a song about Johnny Thunders. Fucking relax with the friggin', your 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 personal. You know, just enough. There's no need, but. It, it, it's there. Listen to it if you want, I guess. I don't know.
0: So Fine, written by Duff McKagan. Here's the fucking punk shit. And there's a guy named Howard Teeman that plays the piano, so no fucking dizzy on this. Uh, Duff is singing, but it's at the beginning of the, the one. There's a lot of...
3: Ah,
1: ooh, ooh. And then there's like a little bit of a Hannibal Lecter. Uh, hey, a little ooh. Hannibal, he's like... He, little uh, Hannibal Lecter, he's like...
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> ooh.
0: Ooh, uh, you fat ass over here! Ah, uh, just it's a yeah. You already mentioned the tribute and a lot of the oohs and ah. I don't think Duff's voice is pretty bad. I used to fucking hate this song. <laughs> <laughs> Listening back to it, and I and I'd be like, oh, I fucking hate the song. Actually, it it grew on me. I don't mind it. I like it. Actually, I like when Duff picks up and starts getting into it. A uh, nice little, uh, it's a little more bluesy guitar solo there from Slash, but I think it's pretty good. It's all right. Um, again, uh, Tom, you kind of took the words right out of my mouth about, I'd rather hear, oh, Duff can actually sing a song. Okay, I'll yeah. hear it. Right. Uh, this dude, they put 30 songs together. Of course, they could have trimmed this down. Right, but right. I'll take it, just like we will take every song on Hot in the Shade. That's always
1: our reference point for long albums. Because
0: I would say to everybody, get "Betrayed" and "Prisoner of Love" and "Boomerang" the fuck out of here. And then people are like, "What are you talking about? Get those Paul Stanley extra tracks out of there." I'm like, I like
1: I I like "Prisoner of Love" and
0: "Betrayed." They're fucking terrible. (laughs) So that's what I would get rid of. So and then that's why it's it's there for somebody. I don't know. I don't mind it. So, (sighs) you ready for this one? We may have to do this episode on another day to get through this one.
3: When you're talking to yourself And nobody's more You're for yourself You can't keep this world alone Alone
2: Estranged. Okay. I like the main guitar lick, the main guitar lick, and supposedly the song's being bummed out uh, after a time in his life when his marriage with Aaron was annulled. I'll -hmm. tell you what bummed me out, this fucking song. (laughs) Nine minutes. Does Axel realize that stupid rockers want three to four minutes? That's just all there is to it. At this point in the album, I'm just like, get this shit over with. Like Slash tries to save the song many times. There is no saving this song. I get it. GNR fans fucking love this song. This is not November rain. It's not even close to May rain. It's not any kind of rain. It's just complete shit. I do not like this song at all. Good Lord. First of all, this is.
1: I will tell you right now, light years better than November rain. Put it on record. Oh, my. Write that down. Write that down. This right here. This is how you nail an epic song. This is how you do outlaw torn Metallica like suicide sound guard. This is how you do it. (laughs) I love I love the beginning of it. You know, talking to yourself and he's like and he's like (laughs) Oh. <laughs> oh. one of the greatest slash riffs Tom, ever do you know what that
0: sounds like that sounds like the ones that i tell you about. someone someone left an spd and they
1: went <laughs> oh. a, but i'll tell you right now what, in my opinion one of the greatest slash riffs ever the piano fits perfectly the this song is that if you don't like long songs, obviously you're not going to like this song. Cause a song I went for a run the other day, listening to this. <laughs> and I, I'm still running. As I, think, song, I, got, still I think I got, I think I went for a run. I put this, this album on shuffle. I think I got through two songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. Right? <laughs> um, I mean, it's long. Does it doesn't need to be nine minutes and 23 seconds long. No, nothing needs to be that long. Um, I just, I love it. I mean, I, I, that riff in the, I don't know. There's a, there's so much going on. You could do a whole episode on just this song, including the video. We'll, we'll talk about the video, but yeah. Ah, the act slashes riff is just fucking otherworldly in this. I love it. It's strange written by just
0: Axl Rose. It made into it number 16 on the mainstream rock chart. Uh, I had the same thing, Tom. I wrote about. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um slashes when slashes guitar comes in oh my (laughs) god incredible that that is awesome then the drums come in boom boom oh my god it builds up it's fucking great and then i like the part because i put it on my headphones that actually you can hear it on one side yes and he's got the fucking um microphone voice when you took everything I don't know what the fuck he's doing there, but I love it. His voice is all over the place from the, when you're talking to yourself.
1: (laughs) And then he's like, and then he starts doing like a BG. He's like, I don't know I'm spouse to pay.
0: It's going to be whatever happened to us, baby. Like, yeah, that shit. And then uh, he just fucking is. Yeah, somebody needs to get him off. I don't know whether he's doing too much cocaine. Heroin. I don't know
1: what he's doing, but this is just long. It is long. You know what's uh, funny? And, and I was talking about the length of the song. So the other day I went out to run a few errands and I got in the car and I put the song on. The distance between where I was and my ride home was this entire song. <laughs> it was, the I'm, I'm like, holy shit. I, I'm like. If somebody says, hey, how long does it take you to get from your house to there? I'd be like, I just put on a strange. You'll be there before you know it. It's that It's that. It's that length. Yeah, me
2: too. It, Cincinnati to <laughs> San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's in a strange
1: length to get to his house. Um, is, it lo- is it locomotive length or is it a str- Well, if you, if you mix in Breakdown with, you know, start using this album as a time. <laughs> yes, <yeah, reference>.
0: exactly. <laughs> Slash's guitar at some point. It's like wailing. It's, it's, it's like dolphins or whales yeah. wailing uh in the background. And then again, it, it, there's so many breakdowns. And he again he'll say alone again and then slashes.
3: Holy fuck. Yeah.
1: It's that oh.
0: it could have been honestly a musical score, like a classical music piece, and without lyrics. Well, and this could have been br- this could be brilliant. If somebody would be like, who's that fucking composer? Oh, uh, that's uh Franz uh Handel or <laughs> fucking
1: whatever. Schubert's new masterpiece. By that, uh, you br- that's a good Apple point Rose. though. You bring up you bring but you bring up a good point and that's I mean most most geniuses or or, or, or artists have are kind of like kind of crazy. If you look at like history, like Axel's clearly oh yes okay but when you look at his ability to write even if you don't like estranged or or november rain like those are unbelievable compositions for songs in terms of lyrics and music and and what he's putting together i mean you might not like them but you can't deny that there's there's something there as a from a creative standpoint and it just shows you that the guy is just he's talented but he's just mental yeah like hitler was a painter (laughs) <laughs> well, I didn't compare him to Hitler, but I understand what you saying. okay, a little different, but <laughs> like McCurry, yeah, like, and
2: yeah, and I'm with you. I, I, I totally get, uh, don't, don't take my, I don't like the song for that. It's not talent, right? No, no, no I got gotcha. you. Yeah. There's yeah. tons of talent here, right? Yeah. But this is me, you know, I'm sure Wolfgang Puck makes potatoes, but this fat guy wants hash browns at fucking <laughs> Waffle House. You know what I mean? That's what I come to Guns N' Roses for. Not this. I hear you. I know. I, get, I understand I, what you're and saying. And that's why it just turns me off. I just yeah. wish it yeah. wasn't the Guns N' Roses I wanted. And Zoo said it before, Brownstone, I basically wanted Brownstone over and over and over and over. Right. right. I'm that guy. Yep. And there's guys like me around. That's just how it is.
0: Yeah. No, I hear you. I got you. Um, see, the one, I'll go, I'm going to jump back for a second because you guys are always, you keep saying this, like, I want that appetite. I want that. You know, I, this isn't it. I'm three songs in. I don't hear it. I don't. All right. You did hear it. If you bought Use Your Illusion 1, right off the bat, it's Appetite, right? Next door to hell. Yeah, I mean. but we didn't review that. I understand, <laughs> but they, they released them both the same day. So if you go, okay, let me start with album one, and then right. I'll get to album two. I understand. You're right. See that. I think they could have changed these around a little bit so that you would feel that way, too,
1: about this album a little maybe they should have done whatever. a better job of mixing up the tracks between use your illusion one maybe, and two yeah yeah but but maybe they didn't want them. maybe they wanted these albums to be the way they were obviously they did because they made them that way but i i see what you're saying yeah
0: so um anyway let's get to the video so it's Do part it. three of del james trilogy don't cry november rain mm-hmm. the budget was four million dollars that is insane for actual directed it Hence, why it went to four million fucking dollars. There's, they had to do two different videos because Stephanie Seymour and him broke up, so they had to change the whole storyline, and she's not in the video now anymore. Yep, yep. And it just starts. uh, It starts with the definition of illusion pops up on the screen, and police breaking into Axel's house, and then clips of a GNR concert, and you know, I'm like. Yeah, nice uh Charles Manson shirt, Axel. Fucking
1: yeah, I know. Odd choice there, buddy,
0: Yeah. Uh and just some of them are bad special effects when he's like lying down and then his body gets up while his body's still lying down. Oh, oh no,
1: the bad special effects were the pots where they're in the ocean. And slashes rising.
0: Rising. <laughs> they need Jurassic Park in
1: ninety-one. <laughs> Like rising oh, up when, and playing
0: him out. I don't know if Slash is supposed to be God or, or
1: Jesus or something, but he's in the water standing up or something. That looked awful. Now, let me tell you right now, if I'm drowning, I don't want to see fucking Izzy straddling in a fucking rowboat trying to save me <laughs> or whatever the hell was. It's is isn't. Be- it's fake. It's fizzy. Oh, it's fizzy. Yeah. <laughs> Fizzy's coming to get
0: him. He'll be fake, fake Izzy. <laughs> <laughs> Axel's like, ah. So, he's walking around and then he's they're all wearing white. And then all of a sudden, he's walking out with like Bubba Smith. What the <laughs> hell was that fucking huge guy? Like the Bubba Academy? Smith. <laughs> the football player. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they come around. Then he's walking around. Axel looks like he's contemplating shit, walking the streets. And then he ends up at the rainbow. Yeah. And then there's something, to, I don't know, is slash like on those wheels, things on his feet. Oh, like the, he's the, like sliding. Heelys, <laughs> yeah. It looks like he's sliding while he's playing guitar in the line at the rainbow. I did see that.
1: I did see that. And I'm like, what, what is happening? It's like he just like <laughs> zooms across the screen. It's stupidest special effect. I'm like, why? Is, why is
0: slash gliding? what <laughs> a hovercraft okay.
1: He's like, Whoa. it's like a weird cartoon <laughs> effect. Like you see Axel, the slash just goes wee. <laughs>
2: It's a lot going on in the video. <laughs>
1: there is.
0: The video is a short film, for Christ's sake. I, I, that's yeah. why it's $4 million. It's going right. to take us a million dollars. I want the idea of Slash. on fucking, Or we can put wheels on his sneakers. Hey, that's a good idea.
1: He's and, too fucked up to be on oh, yeah. wheelies or whatever that's called.
0: He ends up on a fucking tanker. Yeah, it's so and he, weird. And he jumps. Yeah, we can tell that's not you, Axel. Yeah. Imagine he's like, hey, uh. Axel wants to do the stunt himself. Oh shit! He died. He Guns N Roses <laughs> in their prime, and he fucking jumps in. I don't know why. And then you write Fizzy and the rest of them are on a <laughs> helicopter and a rowboat. No, no. I think he picks himself up. Axel's the one rowing a boat for a little bit. Oh yeah, he like saves himself. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. And then yeah. they're fucking in a helicopter, Fizzy and them, oh, and then his God. his Axel sneaker. With Axel on it, you know, is about as valuable as the real Jordans, falls to the bottom of the ocean. And then Axel's like swimming with dolphins. <laughs> it just, I don't know. And a couple times they had the definition of a strange came on, just like in the beginning with the definition of illusion came on. And then they had the definition of disillusion comes yep. on at the end. And then Axel smiles with a dolphin. Yep. And says, you, I, I, I love your illusions, Axel. Ninety-three. Oh, what about the rest of the band? Just Axel.
2: He's so weird. He's so that's I was going to say that. So uh, not that he was so weird because he is weird, but uh, it is ninety-three. Yeah, it's their fifth single, right? The two things I noticed besides all the shit and fizzy, um, <laughs> fizzy. This Axel. There's a lot of Axel in the video. So now Axel is absolutely taking over and the top hat shows up. So even in the pictures that you see, he's got the Sambora hat on. He doesn't have the leather top hat on yet. Right. Right. Not consistently, but in this video, you start seeing it a little more consistently. So my question or my comment, I thought was, I'm like, is this where like Axel's taking over and Slash has got his own persona? Is this where it starts? Because this is 93. Good Good question. Good question. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps.
0: Maybe. Perhaps.
1: Yeah. I I just looked at this as like, this would
0: be a perfect Webster's Dictionary of an overinflated ego rock star by far. Just bloated fucking way over the top. shit. Absolutely. Yep. Right. Someone just like, oh, I can't fucking stop. I need to get this thing done right. Like, dude, just fucking wrap it up. So anyway, that's a strange got a couple more.
2: could be mine. All right. So this is the first video you kind of see most of us. This the first single we heard, if you hadn't heard knocking on heaven's door already, this song is everything. I wish the other 13 songs were great riff, great pace, great vocal. You get the rock jungle type drum beat. You get perfect volume swells. Great chorus. You, I love the way the song ends. I love the way the video ends. Like it is all perfect GNR I, I love the story that Arnold had the guys over to like negotiate it being in Terminator two. I, I love it that they used a line that was in the appetite album release already. So, you know, it's an older song. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting about this is this is the song I was talking about that little rap thing that Axel's doing in the middle. It's basically all the lyrics. that couldn't fit in the regular song feels like, yep, right. It's another, if you want to do get in the ring this way, I'm not so bad with it. I don't know if I needed it, but it doesn't ruin the song for me. Mm -hmm. Now, grab the Webster's Dictionary again. Because this is the first thing that I heard from this album. Flip to B, bait and fucking switch. This is, I thought I was going to get 30 of these. Mm -hmm. I did not know I was going to get the shit that we just heard. If this Mm -hmm. opens up the album, though, I think this... This would have been a killer album opener, to be honest with you. But everybody already knew the song, so maybe that's why they didn't do it that way. The fact that this
1: is the 12th
2: song on the
1: album is beyond me. But I will say this, Sonny, we're on the same page. If this was on Appetite for Destruction, for me, it would be in the running for the best song on Appetite for Destruction. It is by far one of the... This is what g and r is so awesome at an unbelievable groove with the drums and slash just owning this song a chorus just it it this is g and r 101 now do it did i want the whole album to be this no but i would have i wanted more of this you had pretty tied up which was which kind of touched that that nerve that, that that appetite nerve we keep talking about but you could be my there's a reason this song was it was a hit and you still hear it on rock radio today it's fucking amazing. It's perfect, perfect GNR. You throw in the collaboration with Arnold and Terminator, and it just makes it that much more cooler. You know, obviously, we'll get to the video, but um, oh, I mean, it's the song is amazing, fucking epic song. Uh, you could be mine, written by Axel Rose and Izzy
0: Stradlin. There you go again. The, fir- the first single, 29 29- and went to number twenty nine in U.S. Hot one hundred, number two mainstream rock. Um, the band had dinner with Arnold to negotiate a deal to get this song on Terminator 2. And it's not even on the fucking soundtrack. Uh, Who's this man named Slash? I
1: don't know. I don't understand your name. I see an Axel and an Izzy. Who are these people? A Gilby. What do you what do you call yourself over here? Do you have anybody named Bob or Fred? (laughs) <laughs> Axel, stop shouting I'm not deaf Stop shouting, please If we're going to do a song for the movie It can't be eight or nine minutes long Give me
0: formatted song, please I, I don't have the patience You need to stop this shit It's madness <laughs> yeah. uh, The lyrics With your bitch slap wrapping in your cocaine tongue You get nothing done Was on the inner sleeve of appetite, remember? Yeah. Yeah, that's right The song was written by then so it's another one of those songs that was done, like the next one coming up prior to uh like appetite. It was part of the appetite kind of you could song. you could totally
1: tell it's got that exact vibe. Yeah.
0: Um, it was supposedly about Izzy's failed relationship. Uh again, anything with sleaze and shit like that and bitch and slap and cocaine and all the stuff. Sh- it's easy. Um that's what I want from Guns N' Rolls. I want bitching, slapping, and cocaine. All of that. Uh, you got the long intro, the build up, the build up. It's a little bit of Enter Sandman build up, build up, and then
1: dan
3: dan dan.
1: Right? you're right, that's a great point. When that build up kicks into the main riff of the drum, that's like boom. Yeah, oh. that's the part. That's why I love about Enter Sandman that build
0: up, build up, build up, and then dan dan, 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 dan yep. and you're like, fuck yeah. Yep. Um, Axel, vote. They're just razor sharp, it's killer fucking vocals. The solo is fucking great. But there's a line in here that um, (laughs) it's kind of uh, something that we say on the show sometimes. I don't know if we have the same interpretation of what this might mean. Go ahead. But your flaps are wearing thin. (laughs) What flaps?
1: Snapper flaps? Put it this way. If if this is a Guns N' Roses song, what else is he talking about? Well, then he would have said meaty, not thin. <coughs> Maybe. I don't know. That, that poor
0: girl we used to call snapper flaps in high school. Oh
1: Jesus Christ.
0: It's been a while since we made that reference. Slap a snapper flaps. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love it. Hi, what's your name? Well, you just call me you just snapper. call me snapper. Snapper flaps. Snapper for short. <laughs> Let's get to the video. Uh, it's just you know, montage of terminator two, the band is playing. And Arnold is walking through this crowd. Excuse me. Get out of my way. I got important business. And uh, he gets up. Then they show him the little thing. And then you like how in Terminator 2, they have that scene where Arnold pulls out the shotgun mm-hmm. out of the, and then the roses fall out. Ooh, yep. Ooh, symbolic. Uh, yep. Um, And then they show cuts of Linda. Hamilton was jacked.
1: Remember oh, she that? was ripped in that movie.
0: Remember how she was like a little fucking thing in the
1: 90s? That's right. Yep. Oh, she was great.
0: She was in that awful fucking movie with Jim Belushi. Do you remember that movie, Mister Destiny, or something like that? Oh, oh I think it was like, a good movie. It was yeah, like, like so, yeah, you
1: just you just spoiled Sonny's Rock Hard pick for the <laughs> <week>. Yeah, <laughs> I love that movie. Remember,
0: it was like it's like a it's a Wonderful Life type thing. Yeah, like, yes, yeah, yeah. The, yes. kid, the guy thinks yeah. he's a failure because like yeah. one game he dropped in Little League, like yeah. he dropped the ball. Yeah, and then Michael Caine comes out and changes all of it. And it was a good he, movie. It was- and he changed that he caught the ball. What would his life be like? Yeah. Now that's a that's a thing that I feel like if I and this is what I say to myself. Uh, if I go to heaven, oh. I would want to be able to say I have an un unlimited amount of what if I did this on this day. Uh, okay, <laughs> show me what happened if I did this. Show me if I went up to this girl and said, "Hey, uh, how you doing?" Or show me what happens if I. Fucking push this old man down a flight of stairs when I get away with it. Like anything. Show me, show me what would happen if I didn't call that girl Snapper Flaps for four years <laughs> in high school. <laughs> it's like, well, she didn't have a, a, a drug and alcohol and an abusive relationship. <laughs>
1: oh. Okay. Well, let's not sleep on Linda Hamilton's excellent performance on that classic Children of the Corn. <laughs> oh. Yes, yes. Fantastic horror movie for me.
0: Oh. Epic. Uh, Her and Peter Horton. <laughs> Dude, all I know is Children of the Corn are always people that they have creepy kids. People are like, "Look at those fucking Children of the Corn." <laughs> That's always the reference
1: point yeah. for creepy kids.
0: Yeah, and then I just remember the video going, "Oh, who the fuck is that drummer? That's a new guy. I don't remember him." Yeah, and then uh, the Robert Patrick walk when he's the police officer. Oh yeah, when he's yeah, coming yeah. out, and you're like that. You're like, "Holy shit, that guy is scary looking." Um, I just Axel's got his NWA hat on.
2: Yeah, and he's Remember got those skin tight little booty shorts on.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: What is he doing? Like the jackets, right? Whether yeah. it's the flag jacket or the Coca-Cola jacket or what, like all those white jacket so so cool. Oh yeah. The booty shorts though every fucking time. Always. Like it's just come so on, dude. stupid
0: looking. Yeah. And
2: then Arnold
0: runs into him as they're getting out of the studio and and he sees Axel and he says, waste
1: of ammo or something. I want to know who wrote that into the video, because I feel like that would be something that would piss off Axel. No, nah, I it think you're like, saying
0: like, he's like fucking crazy. They're or, making
1: it, it fun. Yeah. No, I know. But Axel just at this point just seems so sensitive. I can't imagine him being like, ha ha, that's funny. What do you mean? I'm a waste of ammo. <laughs> like <laughs> I said, you a waste of ammo.
2: That's what yeah, I mean. exactly I right. <laughs> so this, this video yeah. did the same thing for me that the song did. The song was a bait and switch. Yeah, fucking video was a bait and switch. I thought it was going to be a really good movie. I went to go see the movie. I was like, "The movie is shit." Oh, Terminator oh, two, two is whoa, 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 oh, whoa! Wait, wait! wait, wait, wait that movie. Is how, are you, how are your
1: takes so oh bad? Oh, My God!
0: <laughs> Terminator <laughs> is Two so is bad. terrible. Terminator that Two and Godfather Two. So
1: Let me guess. You don't, like, so you don't like. You don't like. You don't like Jaws either. I don't like Jaws. <laughs> nope. Oh my God. <laughs> Dude, that is like not like in Jaws is like not like in like vanilla ice cream. How do you like vanilla ice cream? Vanilla ice
2: cream's is <laughs> It's bland. It's bland. What do you put some cinnamon toast hey. crunch on it? Hey, what's your thoughts on blowjobs?
3: Eh.
0: Eh.
2: All right. It depends. Guys
3: hey,
0: you remember your first blowjob? Yeah. Was he any good?
2: <laughs> I'll let you know when we see a Creatures Fest. No, oh, I was man. not impressed by this movie because I remember seeing the movie going, Oh, they used all the basically best clips in the video, and oh, all the funny stuff's not there. That's a bad take. That's a bad take.
0: Well, that kid ended up growing up and becoming a fucking movie star in a movie called Detroit Rock, Detroit City. Rock City. <laughs> City. There you go. Yeah. So I'm sure his, his career is movie. on a fucking high trajectory.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right.
0: All right. Let's go to the next one. Thank um.
3: to
2: Don't cry. All right. So, first thing I was thinking about is supposedly this song's about a woman that Axel and Izzy are both into. You know that happens to long term friends, especially if you meet in high school, dude. There's times where you kind of, you know, I, I can't even say uh, interested in a woman. I don't know if you both fall in love with the same woman, but you get interested in the same woman. I love the buildup to the guitar solo. I have always liked the chorus of this song. Um, The alternate lyrics are interesting because I I went back and looked at the other lyrics and the way I read them might not be right, but feels like the original lyrics were get out. And this one's more come back. Let's be, let's see if we can make it work. Like maybe that's what I think. Mm -hmm. I like the original get out better. Yeah. Um, I kind of like the, I like that. Only the verses of the song is different and a different recording. That the recording is exactly the same as the other except for the verses. I actually like that better because I didn't want any other part of the song to change. Mm -hmm. Like I really like the original. So I like this one too. I just like the other lyrics a little bit better. But dude, this is a classic, classic GNR song.
1: Yeah, I, I love "Don't Cry." Uh, it's just a, a show showcasing another s- set of skills that the band has, and Axel has, being able to write a ballad like this. That being said, what th- th- what are you doing putting the same song with different lyrics on a studio release? Throw us on a demo album or, or a box set or something. Like, don't either. Ugh, this is this is annoying. Like, even Kiss doesn't do this. They put shit. They'll they'll put stuff on a box set or a demo or something. You just had "Don't Cry" on the on the first. Now I know the albums were both released at the same time, but to me, that's like cheating the listener. It's like, oh, hey, hey don't cry. What what is alternate lyric? Oh, it's, it's a fucking exact same song, but Axel wanted to write it twice. I mean, it's good, but I prefer the original the the original version. But um, I've always liked this because I like Shannon Hoon, Blind Melon. I love Blind Melon, Shannon Hoon. God rest the soul. Another guy lost a heroin. Um, he, he, his vocal. His what he's doing with those backing vocals with Axel, I, I think it sounds great. It's a great song. It's a really nice ballad. Yeah. Don't cry.
0: Alternate lyrics. Axel Rose, Izzy Stradlin. And this one has got Shannon Hoon as a co-lead singer. I I wish I had the luxury of being able to hear this song first because I had the other song in my head. I would say, oh, I prefer the first one. I mean, really, why should I? I mean, there's the same song just different words That's it. and i don't even know which words are better or worse right um, right but i i can't so apparently so the meter and the melody are slightly different but only the vocal tracks in the verses um supposedly this was written earlier around uh, 86 um axel says it's the first song written for guns and roses Apparently, uh, you know, they talked to Sonny. Mentioned that they, they were fighting over some girl, Axel loved her, that Izzy was with her, or something like that. The girl told him, Don't cry because he was like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And then Axel said he that him and Izzy got into a fight about it a little bit, or Axel then went to his house and threw rocks at Izzy's house and told him, Let's get the band back together. Hey, I've got some really depressing lyrics great i've got a depressing guitar thing i can i, lo- I love that, that. <laughs> and then slash has a, another nice solo um slash says shannon's uh, harmony vocals made the song more soulful um i'll be honest with you, i never really liked the song really yeah the wow. only good part of this song i feel is the end when they both going at it singing don't yeah. you cry my hmm. baby, baby, and then yeah. don't you? I I like that ending, similar to Patience. The only good part of Patience is that last part of the song. Everything else is so fucking wussy. Oh, I love Patience. I, I just find it I boring Patience. and wussy. Oh my god, the songs are boring and pussy-ish and it <laughs> just... Uh, so you say, oh, I don't want to hear
1: him sing about Civil War. I don't want to hear Axel Rose "Don't cry." Oh, it's a love song. I mean, it's 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 a little. It's, it's just a relay It's a personal song. Personal. Oh, I was sitting on the curb crying. You can act like a man. Good <laughs> <laughs> Godfather. What do I do? Oh,
0: well, you can't mention that, cause Sonny doesn't like the movie. Oh, screw uh, Sonny. Anyways, it's just I don't I I don't like it, but I like the last part of it. Um, yeah. It's a meth for me I shouldn't say I don't like it Now let's get to the fucking ending masterpiece Please Save the best for last
1: You want to step into my world It's such a iconic state
0: of bliss You've been delayed in the real world How many times have you hit a rip? Your cat can't show disfiguration. I wanna laugh myself to death with a big back tap with a big configuration. I'll hold a line while you gasp for bread. You wanna talk to me. You wanna talk to me. You wanna
3: talk to me? You wanna talk to me. You wanna
2: talk to me. My world. The industrial Gerardo Rico Suave rap is what I wrote down. Yeah, Suave. suave. (laughs) Best thing about this song is that it's only 90 seconds. But it is a complete waste of time. Even the woman moaning couldn't save it. Axel said that it took him three hours to record this. Why? Supposedly everybody was on Mushrooms at the time. That would explain... Clearly, Why, it's literally the worst song we have ever reviewed on this podcast. Yeah, we might this have a new cell. We might have a new cellar dweller. Shit.
1: Complete yeah. shit. Yeah. When I hear this, the very first thing I thought of was, hello, me. the me, Meet the real me. It's fucking <laughs> Dave Mustaine. <laughs> it's Dave Mustaine. It's that song off a of countdown to extinction or whatever the fucking so- sweating bullets. I think in it is. Dude, what is the only excuse like you said he's on mushrooms it's it's a it's a total mess it's 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 just the most narcissistic thing the band claims that they didn't even know it was going to be freaking recorded and put on the album <laughs> which i think is hilarious yeah they were like wait what you put that on the album yeah why not put it on the end Fucking just a total disaster. It I mean, it's hilarious to listen to. And, and here's a little here's a little fun fact of personal trivia: I never ever listened to the entire thing until Zeus picked this album for the review. I never got to the end of it. Ever. Not and once. He should 30, apologize in, to you. In 30 years, I never listened to this entire thing.
0: My world, written by Axel Rose. I guess a guy named Johan, Johan Langley, does the drums, keyboards, and sound effects. I said, what the fuck? Yeah. Remember the top part where I mentioned a bloated rock star's ego? This is it. I'm like, there's a lot of moaning, and it sounds a little like, don't matter, just don't bite it. Ooh, no, goddamn. Now no, no, no lick my balls. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> goddamn, you biting and shit. Um, you wanna talk to me? You want to talk to me? Oh my God. No, I don't. Not after you did this. This is terrible. I don't know what he's thinking. Ends with, guess what I'm doing now? And you know what I say? You're fucking up a great album is what you're doing now. Pretty much. That's what you're doing. Pretty much. What I'm doing now. Written in three hours. Dude, that should have been written in three minutes. It is the stupidest thing. We haven't done our things where we rank these songs yet, right? Look out, half. Look out!
1: Oh, there's a challenger. Yeah, it's a challenger for sure. Yep.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Well, that's um, use your illusion. Uh, Two, we, we made it. Yep. I'll end with a couple quick thoughts of my own. Go for it. Um, there are fucking a couple songs that I would say are. Some of my favorite songs of all time Simply because this band To me When they're at their best and complete It's got Izzy And his songwriting and his sleeves and his rhythm It's got Axel and the voice Duff is always quietly doing a good part On the bass The drums are decent Nothing extraordinary But Slash and Axle. And I used to not know About uh, uh, Slash and just think Guns N' Roses, the reason I like that is because of Axl Rose. And then I, I saw like Slash's band getting all these reviews and praise and stuff. So I said, you know what? Let me go back. So I got Slash's Snake Pit. It's 5 o'clock. I'm like, this is a fucking lost Guns N' Roses album. It's a great album. That fucking album that singer, I'm like, that guy does a, a pretty decent sleazy axle, not even mm-hmm. act copying axle, but a sleazy vo-. I'm like, this shit rocks. Yep. I'm like, this is a great Guns N' Roses album. So you can get into slash albums and be very close to Guns N' Roses. It's not, it's not like uh one of these vanity projects that it's just him doing 15 solos, uh instrumentals. It's fucking awesome. So Slash to me and Axel are right there as co MVPs on this because his guitar is just out of this world. But I just, my sentimental favorite is Izzy. And when I think of this album, I think of 14 years, uh, pretty tied up. And I just fucking think that they'll never come to this greatness again unless they get Izzy back with them,
1: helping out on some of the song structures and stuff like that. Yeah, this you know it's funny because like you said it very well that when when Guns N' Roses has their shit together and they're all on the same page, they're they're almost untouchable in, in terms of hard rock, not metal, but like hard rock with a swagger, melodic, and, and yeah, you can with a fucking- with a swagger and a groove. They're at the top of their game. I mean, I like this album. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I I pretty much love most, if not everything, that Guns N' Roses does. The thing about Guns N' Roses you know, we talk about like the fatigue factor. I've been listening to Guns and Roses since I was in the frigging eighth grade. And it's one of those bands where it's, you know, it's like Zeppelin or Kiss. It's like, I don't want to listen to them right now. Cause I've heard them for so long, but listening to this album from start to finish multiple times and spending time with it that I haven't spent in a long time. I, I enjoyed going back to just the world of Guns and Roses. I mean, obviously you heard what we think about some of the songs and not all of them are great, but, just something about listening to Axel and of course Slash is just a friggin' master. Um, I don't know. It's 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 Guns
2: and Roses. I mean, I'll never I'll never get sick of Guns and Roses. Okay, I I realized I've been tough on this album, and here's why. Uh, my opinion, including the Appetite, GNR to me have about twenty five good songs. The rest that's, of them that's fair is meh. Right. Why are they playing the stadiums? Diamond Album, LA, being late to shows, inciting riots, drugs, drinking, Axel getting into fighting, Terminator two, November Rain, Pop Culture, Axel and Slash weren't together for twenty three years. Like that's why they're playing stadiums. Yep. My personal opinion Guns N' Roses is contender is a solid contender for one of the overrated, most overrated bands in rock history. I've heard
1: a lot of they people say life- that, and I've heard a lot of people say that, and I think because you're right, I think because they look at their, their catalog, which is the amount of the amount of applause and praise and worship they get is not equal to the amount of material they've made.
2: Yeah. Have you ever heard I of a b- band
0: called Cream?
2: Yeah. Same, same deal. Same deal. Yeah. I am more, just like with Cream, I am more a Clapton fan than I am a Cream fan. Yep. Same thing here. I am more of a Slash fan. Than I am a Guns N' Roses fan. I yeah. followed Slash's cl- career after he left Guns, and yeah, Eric Dover sounded great on that album, and I thought it was great. And I love him with Miles now, and mm-hmm. I'd go see Slash and the Conspirators on a drop of a hat right now. No pun intended. I would <laughs> not go see Guns N' Roses. How many times and have you I, seen how many times have you seen Guns? I've seen them three times, and all three times are fucking late to the show.
1: Yeah.
2: So we—I I saw twice. them
1: once. I've seen them. I, I've seen them twice. Both with Zeus. Once was when it was like Axel's Guns N' Roses when they had Buckethead in the band and they <laughs> yeah, didn't yeah, have yeah. Slash. Yeah. And why was he late? And
0: he didn't go on until like twelve o'clock
1: because he was mm-hmm. watching the Raiders game. That's Monday right. night. Monday night football. Monday night football. He wouldn't get on stage until the game ended. Yeah. He 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 Super. literally got on stage at like midnight.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that Roses that Guns N' Metallica show to Metallica fucking blew him off stage. Oh, of course they did. Metallica yeah. killed it. That was that was that was when Metallica was
1: at the fucking king of the world in '91. In addition Ish. to that, he went on a rant.
0: Remember, when He was bitching about Izzy at that yep. year. He's like, yep. you know, people complain about Izzy, but you know, he would get fucked up and he wouldn't want to show up at the show for you fans. I'm like, dude, are you trying to show? Pull up. Yeah, are you trying <laughs> to pull like a sympathy card that you care about the fans? right fucking
1: <laughs> 12:30 and then we saw then we saw them at Foxborough at Gile- at Foxborough oh, with uh awesome. with the the not in this lifetime the reunion tour with with that with slash that show was fucking insane and their set list was amazing that was an unbelievable show they sounded great looked great got on stage on time like that was amazing
2: yeah i'm just guns N' roses is not even on my top 100 bands list wow interesting i just except for appetite i really don't listen to Guns and Roses because Axel's right on that trigger. I'm not a, into a bunch of sleaze rock either, yeah. and these guys are just always on that, right on the line, Yep. and Appetite was a great blend of what I was listening to, kind of pulling it forward into whatever it's going to become. Mm-hmm. By the time they get here, I'm done with the Guns N' Roses. I remember listening to this, these two albums, and I, I didn't listen to them in full again for probably 30 years.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. A lot of people like that. So at this point, we go back to the rankings. So usually if it's
0: your album, you go first. Uh, I'll start. There's 14 tracks here. I think it's pretty evident what number 14 is going to be, and that's My World.
2: Sonny, My World is my number 14, as is mine.
1: Number 13 for me just fucking repeats
2: and repeats, knocking on heaven's door. Uh, number 13 for me is Shotgun Blues. This is a waste of fucking time.
1: Uh, I got Knocking on Heaven's Door also at number 13.
3: Wow. Uh,
0: number 12 for me, don't shoot the messenger. Don't cry.
3: Hmm.
1: It's okay. Uh,
2: number 12 for me is, you know, if you want to be a wrestler, I guess go get in the ring. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I got you shotgun. Weigh,
1: yeah, if you weigh 140
0: pounds, you can't talk.
1: I got shotgun blues at number twelve. Shotgun, both of you.
0: Uh, Number eleven. Yesterday's.
2: Wow. Yeah. My number eleven. Locomotive. The train is coming.
0: Ooh, choo choo.
1: Beep beep. (laughs) Uh, Eleven. Get in the ring, motherfucker. You're so right
0: about that. When people like, I, I think it's just us in our Boston accents. We would never say motherfucker anyway. That's how we say it, motherfucker. Right. We don't think of the R, but you're right. Motherfucker. <laughs> it sounds like you're such like a little twerp. What are you yeah. doing? Ugh. Uh, number 10. How could you do it so fine?
2: Ooh. <laughs> uh, my number 10. Estranged. Oh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I present you the worst
1: take in the
2: history of ARC. I would have made it 15, but those other shit songs, I couldn't do it. You motherfucker. You motherfucker. Number
1: 10. So fine.
2: Number 9. Civil War. Uh, my number nine yesterday's mine is don't cry.
1: Number eight, get in the ring, get in the ring.
2: Wow. Uh, my number eight breakdown. <gasps> no. that, that's also my number eight.
3: No, they're all going
0: to laugh at you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> number seven. I got the shotgun blues, the
0: shotgun blues.
2: My number seven, so fine. I have yesterday's at seven.
0: This is what Tom gets mad. Uh,
2: Six, estranged. Mm, You guys don't know what you're doing. Uh, My number six, 14 years. No! I got Uh, civil war at six. Number
0: five, you could be mine.
2: Oh, my Lord. My number five is Civil War. I have Locomotive at five. Number four, Pretty Tied Up. My number four, Don't Cry. I think that's a great song. My number four, 14 Years. Number three, Locomotive. Locomotive. My number three is Knock, Knock,
1: Oh, knock oh, oh dude, that is insane oh, that that is your third. Oh, oh dear yeah, yeah. God. Oh, I got pretty tied up at three.
0: <clears throat> number two, Breakdown. Wow.
1: Song fucking killer. My number two, pretty tied up. I got You Could Be Mine at number two. It was almost number one, but didn't quite make it. For me, it's been one of my favorite songs. I go
0: to it. I press play. I try to find it. If I'm doing I love it. 14 years. Just fucking love that song. Good
1: song.
2: (coughs) My number one is by far the best song on this album is You Could Be Mine. You spelled and said estranged
1: wrong. That's the number one song on this album. Estranged. Wow. It might be, it, it. it's in the competition for my favorite junk GNR song overall. Yep.
2: Wow. Love it. All, All right. right. We got, so what, our, what do we get for our averages? So top four, number four is Stranged because it's got a 10, six, and a one. Number three, 14 ye's Number two, pretty tied up. And number one, you could be my that's a good poll. If we remember to do it.
1: <laughs> that's a, actually, honestly, that's, a, that's a really good poll because I think people, maybe, maybe with the exception of most people, I think that's the common, the, the consensus of the four best songs. I bet the you someone will be like, no,
0: take off 14 years or pretty tied up and put knocking on heaven's door and that's maybe fucking Twitter perhaps, crowd. Perhaps. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's our picks. Let's now go to album covers and compare to the other previous 28 albums we've done. Want to read what
1: we've done? Yeah, we've. All right. So here we go. We're going to go through them all here. Appetite for Destruction. Slide it in. OU812. Super Unknown. Pyromania. Load. Peace of Mind. Bon Hiovi. Blizzard of Oz, Jar of Flies, Winger, Single Soundtrack, Mechanical Residence, Odyssey, Hailstorm, Detonator, Highway to Hell, Once Bitten, Look What the Cat Dragged In, Hotel California, Back for the Attack, 10, Bad English, Down to Earth, Shout at the Devil, Slave to the Grind, Purple Rain, Heat 2, and Use Your Illusion 2.
0: All right, I'll go first. My album, so... Uh, my top five is Hotel California, Blizzard of Oz, Appetite for Destruction, Peace of Mind, and Slide It In. Uh, this album is going to slide in between Once Bitten at 10 and Purple Rain at 12. I'm putting this at it, number 11. Okay. Sunny.
2: My top five, five to one, Once Bitten. Hotel California, Purple Rain, slide it in, and Peace of Mind was number one. For my album cover, I'm going to slide this in between Dawkins' logo, Back for the Attack, and John Waits' pretty gap-to-smile of bad English at number 17. You
0: mean the Lion Tamer's outfit there?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, My top
1: five, I got Appetite at five, Peace of Mind at four, Highway to Hell at three uh blizzard of oz at two purple rain at number one this cover might not be great but for me it just carries a lot of weight with its uh imagery it's iconic the memory i have of it i'm throwing in at number nine i'm putting it behind pearl jam 10 and right above uh great white once bitten
3: okay
0: all right so we're gonna move over to favorite album now again i don't do this beforehand So I'm going to look at my list now and picture where do I put this album?
1: I do the same thing. This is difficult. Um, These rankings are actually getting almost impossible for me because there's so many unbelievable albums. Yeah. Hotel California
0: is number one. Blizzard of Oz, two. Pyromania, three. Appetite for Destruction, four. Back for the Attack at number five, Dawkins. I am putting this album. The problem, it's, I mean, the songs that I love, I fucking love. There's a couple meh, and this just fucking my world kills it. Um, So that being the case, uh, there's nothing meh or bad on 10. I'm moving it right underneath 10 by Pearl Jam. I'm going to put this at number eight. Okay. Right under 10 and right above Highway to Hell. Okay,
2: so my top five, five to one, five is at, uh, mechanical resonance, four is Appetite, three slided in, two Hailstorm, one Purple Rain. So for me, there's one outstanding song, there's one great song, there's two and a half that are good, six and a half I'll never listen to, and three that are Vince Neal, Stephen Piercy, Rush, Nirvana bad. Oh, God. This album is straight to the cellar at number 29.
1: <gasps> Whoa, are you kidding me, dude? Straight to the cellar. Oh, my God. That is a I shocker would, right there, folks. I would much
2: rather listen to Jar of Flies or Load. versus Oh,
1: my shit. God. I, I, I knew you didn't like this album. I cannot believe you it Yikes. That's
0: fucking. That Dead is insanity. Last. Oh, wow. How can you Not be so really into fan. Appetite? And yet so anti this, because there's so much, there's still a lot of songs in the stylings, in the guitar and the vocals that if you love appetite so much, I don't get it, but that's all right.
1: That's why we do this show. That's a shocker. I knew you didn't like this album, but wow, I figured just it being guns would have a little bit of leverage, but I guess not. Uh, All right. All right. So my five right now, uh, five to one single soundtrack, mechanical Resonance. 10 shout of the devil, purple rain. I mean, I had some issues with some of these songs, but it's Guns N' Roses. I just, I enjoy listening to Guns N' Roses. I enjoy Axel and Slash and all those guys and Duff. And some of these songs might not be great. I might skip a bunch of them, but it's enough for me to rank this at number 11. I have it right below Back for the Attack and right above Once Bitten. User Illusion 2 at number 11 for me. Sonny yeah. Poony, my goodness. Yikes.
0: All right. So we'll see if any of these songs end up on our top 50. And worst 20.
1: I think a couple will. Oh, they'll be there. Yeah. There'll be some, there'll be some, there'll be some of both, I think maybe. Yeah.
0: So let's uh let's do what we do next. And that's this. <laughs> So you make me rock hard. I'll lead us off this month. So this month I'm picking something that I think uh, has been around for a while, but he's got a couple different projects going on at the same time. So I thought I'd choose this. And this week, uh, this month, I'm picking Bill Maher. Mm. He just released uh, his HBO comedy special. I don't know. He he has a ton of them. And this one's called hashtag adulting. Just watched it.
1: It's fucking amazing. Go ahead.
0: And, and, you know, the premise of it is like laughing a little bit about, uh, you know, people today and kids today. Like, oh, I just did the dishes. Hashtag adulting. It's like you're fucking supposed to do that shit, you know? <laughs> yep. um, and that's one of the reasons I, I've been watching real time since the beginning. I fucking love it. Uh, you know, people complain sometimes now. A lot of liberals complain that he's moved too far to the right. I don't think he's moved anywhere. I think he's just making fun of the fucking idiots that are way on the left. And I find it fascinating. I think he's hilarious, quick-witted. He'll put people on that I don't agree with, yet I'll watch it. It's the only time that you can hear, like, people, like they used to do Crossfire with with John Sununu or fucking (laughs) Pat Buchanan and... And uh who's the little weasel looking guy there? Well, the McLaughlin group? <laughs> yeah. but like they used to have people that would debate intellectually Republican and, and Democratic points, and you could like mm, I agree with him that way. I don't want to, but I do. Yep. It's the only show that does that. Mm-hmm. And and they're not they're free to swear, yell, curse, say stupid shit. And I love how he dumps on Trump. I'm sorry, that's just me. He's fucking hilarious. But he's been really brutal against the left this, these times lately. He's still funny. And he always says it like he's like, I love fucking like comedy should bring people together. We never used to talk about politics like this and hate each other for it. And he's trying to bring people together. Anyways, his new comedy show is great. However, in addition to that, he's got a new podcast. He's had the real time podcast for quite some time, but he's got a new podcast and he calls it Club Random. So in this thing that he calls Club Random. His first few guests, he had William Shatner on. He's had Quentin Tarantino on. Judd Apatow. He had Bella Thorne on. Uh, and he had Pierce Morgan on. They're like literally a partner's in his house. And he actually has the video for it. They drink and smoke weed. Yep. And just it's not like your show. And they just talk about shit. It's fucking hilarious. He says shit and stuff that normally people wouldn't say and talk about because they're getting fucked up while they're (laughs) debating shit. There's only five episodes. He got in trouble because I guess that Bella Thorne, I don't even know who the
1: fuck she is. She's crazy.
0: Yeah. He kind of said to her, what's up with your fucking anxiety? Get over it. Shit like that. People are like, oh, he's mocking it. But he was kind of just saying like, we didn't ever have this problem with young kids today. Now there's something there. So what is it? And she couldn't articulate it. And they were like, oh, he's beaten. You could tell it was a little uncomfortable, but he wasn't trying to be mean. I I don't think so. Regardless, I find him fascinating. He's a lot of fun. And anybody that can be comedic and and, and bring politics and educate people on some stuff is always fun and interesting. I like it. And I would say Bill Maher's mind.
1: It's amazing. I just watched it. I texted Zeus about. I'm like, you have to see this if you haven't seen it. It's friggin', it's great. Even if you don't, even if you don't like politics, if you're an adult and you're paying attention to what's going on in the world right now, he, he's 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 awesome. Yeah, his HBO
0: <laughs> show, Real yep. Time, Bill Maher. It's uh, for us on this coast. It's like 10 a.m., 10 p.m. on Friday nights. It's I. It's scheduled for me. Boom. Yep. Set up. I watch it all the time.
2: Fucking hilarious. What do you got, Sonny? So for the listeners, we don't actually talk about our rock hard segments beforehand, right? Um at all. And I also picked a or uh, a comedic guy. So after listening to this album, <laughs> i I was like, I need something to pep me up a little bit because I'm oh like god. Thank god you could be mine's near the end of the album because it did <laughs> kind of get me out of the funk a little. But then my world came and I'm like, what the fuck? So I'll get in a mood where I need to be like worked out of it and laugh no matter what. And there's not a lot of comedians that can do that for me. Sebastian Manis, Calco is one of them. Eddie Murphy's one of them, but one of my favorite comedians of all time, Ron White. Mm. So I wasn't a huge blue collar comedy guy, mm-hmm. but when they split up, Larry, the cable guy. Okay. I don't listen to much of Foxworthy stuff at all. Ron White. I love Ron White, Ron yeah. White takes it to the extreme. He usually stays away from politics. It's usually a lot more relationship based and things that he noticed and things that has happened to him and how he'll go off the deep end a little bit when somebody pisses him off or when he's absolutely hammered beyond belief (laughs) and he does stupid things. Um, The thing, the the comedy album I was listening to was uh, 2013's a little unprofessional great comedy album it's an easy listen it's about an hour he talks about his new marriage talks about vegas he talks about uh, dr phil his dr phil story which is fucking amazing um but just funny as funny can be and uh yeah ron white gets me out of the funk sometimes he's, not he's easy to listen to. to you didn't see i've never about, seen him live you
0: never, never said anything about bill Enville. you don't like the here's your sign shit
2: yeah i'm not uh yeah when they <laughs> It was same thing with the kings of comedy. Like when the kings yeah. of comedy split up, I went the Bernie Mac route. Oh yeah, like the yeah. Lot of the other guys. I was like, eh, you know. Yeah. But Jeff Bernie Mac for some reason good connect- too. Yeah, it just I, didn't connect with me.
0: I love it. There's there's another one I haven't said on the show yet, Tom. Initiate. My wife ate two double cheeseburgers and chicken wings, this and that, and then she ate another <laughs> blueberry pies. <laughs> I love those love southern, southern love words. What do you got, buddy?
1: Um, all right. So I always talk about horror movies here. And this one I wanted to give some props to because it, I'm very, very, very particular. <laughs> You're very, very particular
0: about the types of movies you watch.
1: I'm like the worst movie critic in the world, especially when it comes to horror movies. I get very, very picky. Um, I, I like original stories because it's so easy for people to just do like, oh, the possession thing, the slasher thing or whatever. This one was really, really took me by surprise. Um, it, it's on Shudder. I always talk about the Shudder streaming service. No, they're not a sponsor. Maybe they will be someday. It's a movie called See For Me, S E E C For Me. It's about a um, a young girl who's, she used to be a skier. She's now blind. And she's hired to just like house sit in this secluded mansion in the middle of nowhere in the woods, just to house sit. Um, she's blind. Three th- Three thieves break into the house, not knowing that she's there. They think the house is unoccupied. So what she uses is this thing that I never even knew existed until I Googled it. And it's a, it's an actual real app. Okay. The movie is called see for me. That's the app that she uses. The real app that you can download is called be my eyes. So what it, what it is, is it's an app that you, you, you install it on your phone, you hit the button and you'll get a volunteer on the other end And what the blind person does is they hold their phone up and the person on the other end will guide them to where they need to be. So for example, like this woman, this girl, she's locked out of the mansion. So she calls this see for me app and says, I'm locked out. I don't know where the doors are. Can you help me? So the, so the person on the other end is like, keep going straight, keep going straight. Okay. There's a stair in front of you go down. Okay. Take a left. The door is there. Okay. What happens later in the movie when these guys break in, Her only defense is to call these is to use this app. So the person on the other end of the app is guiding her saying, "Okay, don't go down that hallway. I can see the man. He's hiding behind the wall there. Go down the other hallway. And then eventually the woman on the other end of the app helps her into shooting and killing all three guys in the house. So why am I going to watch it? You just told me it doesn't matter because it's not a spoiler. (laughs) If you saw the movie, you'd you'd understand how it's going to end. The point of the movie is the dynamic and like just the whole aspect of, of a blind person defending themselves through the use of like this app, which actually exists. I just found it unbelievably fascinating that the woman like she, she's completely blind and she uses her blindness as a defense against the guys that break into the house. It's really creative. And I looked at this thing. That's it, the app. It's called Be My Eyes. And she it, can't like they can't hear her because obviously she has to speak to them. Hey, where do I go? Like they can't hear her. Well, no, they, they end up, they end up catching her. Okay. But she's like, I'm blind. And they're like, yeah, bullshit. And she's like, no, I'm blind. The only thing I have is light sensitivity. I yeah. can't see anything. I can't see your faces. I don't know how many of you there are. I don't know anything. Just please let me go. And then the story unfolds. I mean, I, I, it's not really a spoiler. It's, it's a home invasion. Everybody who watches a home invasion, I was realized that the guys end up getting killed. But the point that you're watching it for is just the, the aspect of, like, the dynamic of, like, this poor blind woman is using this service, which really exists, for help. And I just I just found it extremely original and fascinating. It's a thriller. It's not a horror movie. It's a thriller. Sonny's laughing because apparently he doesn't care about blind people. <laughs> no, no.
2: I was loud. That's mean. <laughs> what I was laughing about is, I don't know who you are. I can't see you, but I know you're a motherfucker.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, that's a nice original one. Sweet. Yeah. Well, Sonny, we're going to see you at Creatures Fest. I
0: hope you'll see the rest of you guys at Creatures Fest. But well, where else can everyone here find you?
2: Uh, grownuprock.com is probably the best place. And uh, Podcast Rock City every Sunday with uh, Joe Polo and me and Brent and Mr. Casada. Oh. notice I put Casada at the end. Yeah, yeah, he you, be and you called
1: him Mr.
2: Casada. Yeah. And he's at the he's the ass of the group. So he's at the oh, end. Oh, he's at the ass end. Oh. He's he's the yeah, locomotive. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Ooh,
1: <laughs> locomotive. Nice. Tom, what about us? Yeah, if you're listening to us for the first time, we're an all kiss podcast. We drop new KISS episodes every Saturday, and then once a month we do these album review crew episodes with Mr. Pooney. Uh, you can find all, find out all about us on our new website, shout it com. Uh, you can email us at shout it gmail at gmail.com. Give us some feedback. What do you think of this album? What do you think of GNR in general? Uh, and we're on all the social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. So reach out. Um, interested to see what people think of this album. Obviously, Sunny thinks it's the worst one we've done on ARC, but I don't know. Interested to see what you guys think.
0: Yeah, uh, I always tell people they can DM us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, These uh, episodes drop every once a month. So sometimes the feedback on these, they come in little intervals and stuff. But the best is emails. Emails at ShoutItOutLoudCast at gmail.com, ShoutItOutLoudCast at gmail.com. Feel free, as Tom mentioned, to go to the website, ShoutItOutLoudCast.com. And go on the episode and and write us something there on the episode. Uh, We'd love to get your feedback. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube YouTube. channel (laughs) and give us one of those five
3: star Star.
0: child reviews. Those are always helpful and uh, always uh, check us out. So we really appreciate it, guys. And uh, what we usually do next is go to famous last words. Sonny, you got any?
2: We practice selective annihilation of mayors and government officials, for example, to create a vacuum. Then we fill that vacuum as popular war advances. Peace is closer. Stick to heroin guns. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh boy, Tomas. I knew the storm was getting closer and all my friends said I was high, <laughs> but everything we've ever known's here.
2: I never wanted it to die. I thought you were going to go to above the law, but I was high above the law <laughs> <laughs> alone. I thought
0: you were going to do ACE in ozone. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> ozone.
1: Brutal. Brutal.
0: And I was getting drunk.
1: <laughs>
0: what do you got, Zeus? All right. Gotta find a way to cure this loneliness. Yeah, I'll find a way to cure the pain. If I said that you're my friend and our love would never end, how long before I had your trust again? Wow. You don't notice the great lyrics in this song because they're fucking going like a locomotive. That's it's too much. It's like, exactly. Well, um, Tom, thank you. Sonny. Thank you. Loudcasters. Kiss Army. Guns and Roses and fucking Snapper Flaps. Whoever else is out there. We forgot to thank. Joey Casada. Thank what do you. We think, what
1: are we thanking him for? I don't know. I don't.
2: Uh, always a great time you know the album is what it is (laughs) gotta love gotta love doing
1: these with sunny that's why we love this guys thank you everybody so much for uh listening tuning in please give us your feedback this one is sure to garner a lot of feedback so uh yeah and you took everything
3: everything.
1: that's zeus in the background (laughs) peace out
0: girl scout That goes for all you punks in the podcasting world. That means you, Sonny Poony, grown-up rock, Jay Scott from the Hook Rocks, Joey Casada from Top 5 with Joey Casada. Fuck you. Suck my fucking dick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you didn't throw in, you're just mad because I'm getting more pussy than your dad?
0: <laughs> Sonny, you mad because Stephen Michael gets more pussy than you? Fuck
2: you. That, that's You have gone too far.
1: (laughs) That's that's, that's going to upset you.
2: That was the fucking line right there. That's too much. I am going to kill you. (laughs) See you next time.